here today and making us a part of your day. Welcome in, Andrew Guy, here for the first time, live in studio. My friend is here. Thank you for being here, my friend. How are, th- how are things? I, I don't know what to do with my hands. I know. It's, I'm it's back in person. Weird, it's, it's welcome. <laughs> it's, that's that, what we I can feel do. Like that's like the most overused hosting joke, because I don't know what to do with my hands. But you, it's shocking. You really don't know what to do with your hands sometimes. I'm so happy to be back in the studio. This yeah, place man. is incredible. I've been watching weirdly through social media to see like, oh wow, they did some new stuff to the walls and yeah. look at the carpet. And yeah. Now finally being here, man, it's so awesome. Thank yeah. you so much for having me. Well, it's, uh, it's glad to, uh, I'm glad to have you here finally. And uh, you know, it's uh, we're all vaxxed here. It's slowly opening up in LA. Actually, no, no slow about it. It yeah. is. Full time on in LA. Traffic is ridiculous. It's back. It's it, well, just everything is there. Everybody's out there right now. Josh McCoug is yelling at people in their car. He apologized on Twitter, by the way. Uh, I'm doing the same though. But man, yeah, how are you getting around? Is uh, I mean, is I life the, getting back to normal for you? Yeah, I had the two. I get the full two hour round trip to come here and go home just to hang out <laughs> with you guys. Which, which you know what. It's worth it. At this, maybe in a couple months, I'll be like, I don't know, man. I got, I'm going to move out to Burbank before I'm on the show again. But yeah. no, I... Come to the valley. I haven't embraced Come traffic the valley. being valley. Or I haven't, <laughs> traffic being valley. I haven't yeah. embraced traffic being back. Yeah. But at least it makes me feel kind of normal, even though I still hate it. Yeah, I get it. Uh, also, a uh, little uh, housekeeping up top, everyone. Uh, if you go to the GPA.fun, that's our website. Go check it out. We have all our shows there. We have all our membership privileges. If you join... The Good People Association, we have monthly hangs, special newsletters, a lot of good stuff, special deals on merchandise, first-run merchandise, all that kind of good stuff, like this here, this nice hat. Look at that, this bucket here. If you become a bucket member, 125 for the year, gets you this bucket, as well as all the perks. Go check it out, the GPA.fun. Snoop around a bit. Maybe you'll find something you like over there. As well as we have the limited quality, uh, quantity, I should say, the picks and sticks. We're almost done. Uh-huh. If you go to streamlabs.com slash goodpeoplegpa, put your name, put your address. First rate, Nate, you're on my list, buddy. I don't DM you. You DM me, man. Uh, first rate, <laughs> Nate, we'll get you. $25 for non-members will get you this bundle of picks and limited edition stickers. They're almost out right now. If you are a Bucket Club member, $20 for GPA members. Go to streamlabs.com slash goodpeoplegpa. Put your name in there. Put your address. It's all private. We will send them out. We got like five left. I don't even know what we have left. Uh, so go check that out. And lastly, for the housekeeping, we are pleased to announce that we are launching our podcast network. That's right. We have a podcast Network coming up, the good people over at Blue Wire. We are partnering up with them. It's coming soon. All our shows here will be available to you, uh, available to you wherever you get podcasts, as well as launching some new shows internally here at the GPA. Very excited about that. That was good. That was good. I'm jealous. I feel That's like it. I feel like we've done a pretty decent job of merchandising over the years over yeah. at Action. But the guitar picks is genius. Oh, yeah. Because Ben plays music. I feel like I'm going to steal it. We're going to steal it. We're stealing it right now. Yeah. Someone make a note in the chat. Get the, the, these <laughs> limited edition picks are awesome. You get Eric Bass from uh, from Shinedown, obviously our fourth member here at the GPA. Uh, you get me. You get Josh. You get Ken. Speaking of, Ken Knapsack is here in studio. I wanted yeah. to say something. Look at that lighting. Look yeah, at that. It's, it's a little, I'm a little in the shadows, right? Yeah. It's okay. But, but, uh, I'm okay. But, but, like, but like you, yeah. you exist okay. in the shadows. 
So. And yeah, we yeah. like that. I'm actually, so the reason I'm here, number one, we might talk a little bit about what I watched yeah. last night, but I'm actually here doing work. I'm loading over 400 audio files onto Blue Wire so the podcast <laughs> network can launch. Uh, this is also the spot. We have three feeds right now. Afternoons with Josh Ken Amanda carries over Cashly Talk, my Game of Thrones podcast. Coming back, it'll be on Blue Wire. And then the main feed, which has a lot of our shows. So that's yeah. why I'm here, because we have fiber. We have fiber, and Ken's going to be working. I'm going to throw to him every once in a while. Talk about a little bit of Black Widow. He was able to see it. We haven't seen it yet, so a little non-spoiler thoughts. Uh, in a new segment, I am calling Ken Finally Saw a Movie. So we will get to that in a little <laughs> bit. Um, but first off, Andrew. Yo. Did you see that Shang-Chi trailer? Oh, my God. Who, Come on, I want to talk about that. But you know what? see that trailer. Let's go back to the old school ways of Riley's Cantina, which is... We're going to drink some wine. Now, the good people at Boone's Bourbon, our sponsor for the past month, well, we're out. We drank it all. It's got, It's that good. <laughs> Boone's Bourbon from Tyler Boone is the official sponsor of the GPA, so don't be jealous, Boone's Bourbon, of this Cambria wine that we're about to partake of. But uh, Boone's Bourbon, it's so nice to have you uh, sponsoring us for the past month. Uh, go to drinkboonsbourbon.com if you want to get your own. That was... I was wanting to pour some, but we literally drank all of You have no self-control. I've told you for a month, all I want is Boone's bourbon. All I need yeah. is just one little glass. Just give me a finger. Two would be more than enough. It was, and well, Tyler was in, in studio on Friday, and, and and I remember then, you know, the the curtains closed, the lights were out, and then Josh, me, and Tyler poured some more and just kind of sat around talking. Sometimes I mean, it just happens, man. It just happens. So what we're going to do is the basics. Going back to the basics, mm-hmm. I pulled this from my wine fridge. Cambria, a state winery. This is Julia's Vineyard. This is a 2018 Pinot Noir from the Santa Maria Valley. This is up in the Solving area where the, the good, those, uh, those, two, those two uh, loony guys from Sideways, that's where they went, the wine trail. This is a, a fantastic vineyard, and it's a fantastic Pinot Noir. Are you ready for this, man? Uh, dude, I'm we're gonna, so We're going to pour ready. some wine. I'll, I'll share a little bit of wine. Where, uh, give you a little, little taste on what we're going to be doing. I'm launching a wine show. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were we did a big fundraising stream, and if we raised enough money, we we're going to launch a couple shows. One of them being uh, Ken Knapsack's five song set that we're uh, working on as well. Ken, what's your and- favorite band, Andrew? Oh God, my favorite band all time. And ben Bateman's a great answer. <clears throat> ben Bateman's a good answer. Ben Going not, on tour, not my favorite band of all time. <laughs> Honestly, I might have to go. I think I would go to the Pixies. The Pixies are something they were really close to me. Get out of here, Pixies. Yeah, That's a great choice. Here comes your man. Here comes your man. That's a good I one. love this. All right, we're gonna taste. You're gonna come on five song set, and you're gonna tell me your five favorite Pixies songs. Really? We're gonna do that. I would yeah. love to do that. I feel like people don't ask me what my favorite band is enough, and and I'm scared to give the wrong answer. But the Pixies Cheers. is. Always, I, think I a mean, good one. I already had respect for you, and this is Mark Riley's show. I'm going to shut up. Yeah, no, no, no. I take it away. More, take it away, Ken. That's why you're here. Please go on. Go yeah. on. Yeah, Black <laughs> Francis, man. Frank yeah, Black. He's That's incredible. That's great. That. I'm, yeah, I love the Pixies. I love some wine. It's great to see you guys. Great to see you. Cheers. This is a Pinot Noir. Just doing a little taste here. Just swirl it around. Let it open up a bit. To do that like bubbly like? thing where yeah. you like let it sit in your lip and you kind of. Oh yeah, yeah. Bubbler. This is yeah. the douchey wine thing. Ready? Yes. Notes of a fig, cranberry. There it is. When you make the bubbles, mm. it literally aerates the wine, opens up the oxygen, gets it a little bit more open. Mm, that's good. And you can actually really, like, even though it is douchey, you then can really 
taste it a lot better. You and can. Wine is, I think, one of my favorite things to drink because you can actually just like get a big whiff of it while you're drinking. Whereas oh, people, yeah. people do that with bourbon all the time. Like, oh God, I don't want to drink this. Well, you're not supposed to just smell rubbing alcohol. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's not how you do it. You no, know, this you smell it, you enjoy it, you like mm. you, you swirl it around. I know. I love these glasses. Too. And the glasses are, are are made for the Pinot Noir. So this is some good stuff. It's uh finally that's everything out of the way. We can mm. talk some movies here. We're gonna get to Shang Chi trailer. We're gonna talk about Halloween Kills. We're gonna talk a little bit about Tarantino. What he said about remaking yeah. Reservoir Dogs, which I found interesting. Don't worry, Internet. He's not doing it. We'll get to that <laughs> news in a little bit, including film bits. And then, of course, we're going to end the show with my favorite segment. They don't make them like they used to, the posters of yesteryear. But we're going to focus on Tarantino posters later on in the show. Yeah. So, all right. Wine in hand. People in the chat. Ken Napsog at the bar. Andrew Guy's here in studio. Leia's licking her ass on the floor. <laughs> she has not stopped. Leia, she has started. not stopped. Leia. 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 Get over here, dog. Would you get over Would you it's get over she, here? She knows she's not supposed yeah. to. Get you, would you get over here, please? <laughs> Snickers. Just the get over same. here. You know, Le- Leia and Snickers were best buds as puppies, and they haven't seen each other because of the pandemic in over a year. Yeah. Hey, sweetie. Hi, come here, you. Hi. Now she's licking my hand, come and on I'm going to touch my face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And she's away. All right, let's get into it now. This Shang-Chi trailer, I, I mean, I was digging the hell out of this thing already. Yeah. You know, the first trailer comes out. It's it's a lot more, um, you know, martial arts. It's this new look. It's this new kind of world that we weren't really familiar with. And then I'm like, okay, I wonder how it's going to tie into Marvel and whatnot, because right now this is a character I know I'm not too familiar with. Right. The second trailer comes out and is like, Abomination is fighting Wu! Oh my God, I oh know. Oh my God, it was so it's, sweet. It's, it's there and there's magic and the, the ten rings. And, just, and I'm like, yeah, give me this trailer. Give me this movie. I love th- this trailer was fantastic. And I love that we have Abomination coming back fighting Wu. I wonder what it means. What what did you think, man? Were you as excited well, as I was? Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hop in here with my Asian card really quick, okay? Because Please, I'm yeah. Korean, I'm Indian, and yeah. I gotta tell you, watching this trailer, it it blew me away nice. because there's so many Asian undertones in it. Yeah. You get the mother talking about, you know, your father's a part of you, whether you like it or not. His dad's an asshole, which is like that's very common in in traditional Asian families. <laughs> it really is. Uh, and if you don't believe me, just ask your Asian friends. I'm not saying it's a hundred percent true, but I and that just the things that they talk about and finding yourself and and what you do, you carry your family's legacy and things like that. All of those things are things that. Your parents or my parents told me growing up, obviously not in a superhero way, but a lot of those same tones that they carried in what they're saying in those lines are the same things that are communicated to you as an Asian child. The things that you do, they carry with you. Everyone's affected by it. Like you are your parents. You are your family, whether you like it or not. There's so many cool things. And, And the coolest thing for me was when I was watching it, I was like, my God, if this came out 30 years ago, Mm. Batman wouldn't have been my dude. Right? Like, Look at I, that. I've yeah. been a Batman guy my whole life. I still will to the day I die. But yeah. what if Shang-Chi was around for people like me? We, we had no one to relate to my whole life. I was like, I want to be an actor, you know? Yeah, I was like, yeah. I can never be a superhero, though. Ah, right? Yeah. It was things like that. And so when I saw this, and I said it when the first trailer came out, I lost my shit. And then, sorry, I don't know if we can cuss or whatever. Yeah, okay. we, 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 we drop them sparingly. Okay, I, I, I apologize. That'll be yeah, the only one no, I drop good. on the That's show. That's one. That's <laughs> one. <laughs> but I did. And then, of course, all the great MCU things in there. Abomination, like Tim Roth's Abomination, is, is one of my favorite villains in the whole entire MCU. And he gets no love. I know. So just seeing it back, that was the other thing for me. All the Asian stuff aside, if I want to just geek out about Marvel, 
I lost it when I saw Abomination. Yeah, that that was good. And uh, and I think I was watching too much uh, Big Lebowski last night because I said woo. It's actually Wong. I didn't mean it that way. It's actually uh, woo peed on the rug. So if you're familiar with the <laughs> yeah, Big Lebowski, yeah. was watching it last night. Thank you for the uh, correction there. But yeah, it was Wong. It does tie now Doctor Strange. It does now tie Incredible Hulk. It does now tie the Ten Rings. Kevin Feige, this is my favorite thing. I'm following up. I'm doing research for the show, and they go to Kevin Feige. Uh, he was on, uh, I believe, a Rotten Tomatoes thing. He was talking about it, and people are like, man, you know, Kevin Feige, that really looked like Abomination and Wong. And he's like, a lot of people are saying that because that actually is Abomination <laughs> and Wong. And, and I found that really funny because he's, he then lays in. He's like, well, yeah, we're tying every. That's the fun thing about where we are now in the MCU. Um, we have the Black Widow prequel uh, or, or origin story, so to speak, or family. Uh, we'll, we'll get a little bit more into that uh, next. We'll, we'll stay in Marvel, and I'll get a Ken for you on your thoughts. But to have these characters, these lesser known, it brought up a conversation this morning with Josh. Josh is like, you know, Incredible Hulk's a great movie. And I'm like, that I do love The Incredible Hulk. <laughs> I like that movie. I like bit. it a yeah. lot. And I think a lot of people came out when they saw Abomination. They're like, you know what? Yeah, that's awesome because I do like Incredible Hulk. Right? I mean, it's like we have all this history of Marvel now. But The Ten Rings, are you familiar with The Ten Rings at all from any of the source material? We know it's tied to Tony Stark somehow. Because the Ten Rings were the uh, were the guys that kidnapped him at the time. Okay. In, okay. Uh, in Iron Man. So... Wow. That's what I'm looking at. That's what I'm, I'm really interested to see how this movie, not only to, to reveal Shang-Chi and understand that character and learn the history and the mythology, but how it's going to tie to the MCU. That's part of the fun. Well, that's, I think, the one of the most brilliant things about where we're at in the MCU. And I think, again, why, I mean, I'm sure you guys praise Feige a lot on here, too, because yeah. how could you not at this point, even if you're not an MCU fan, what he's done and created is is completely mind-blowing. Yeah. I think what's so cool about this phase is there was so much reluctancy to how good this was going to be because so many of your favorites are gone, right? Mm-hmm. Cap is gone. Tony's gone. Yep. You know, how much Thor are we really going to get? Okay, so there's the TV series. So what I think is so interesting about this that gets me excited is that I get to go along for this ride and characters are going to get brought back in. Worlds are going to get brought back in. And it's not just the characters that I'm obsessed with and that I love anymore. It is the entire worlds and the stories around it. So I still get to feel that stuff that I got in the last phase, but now I'm excited because there's so much unknown in yeah, this Yeah, I know. It's, 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 it is it's an exciting time. And uh, have some Streamlabs coming in here. And uh, just so you guys know, Streamlabs.com slash GoodPeopleGPA if you have some questions for me, my, uh, my, me myself, and Irene, me or uh, Andrew or Ken or anyone here at Kaika all also here behind the desk. Kaika, I haven't uh, checked in with you. How are you, sir? And did you like the Shang-Chi trailer? I did. I did think they showed a little too much. I, I, I kind of regretted watching it. Normally, I like to watch everything, but I was like, oh. I wish I didn't see it. It's just to be yeah. more surprised, but I, I would have saw on the internet anyway. So yeah, the internet, really yeah, it tends to ruin things. That's a, internet, a sentiment but. I've heard a lot of people say mm. is that they're they're getting tired because I love movie trailers, but it is true they give yeah. away so much. And uh, are you a guy that always watches trailers? Yeah, it's hard Same. for me to yeah, avoid the I trailers. Yeah. It really mm-hmm. is, especially if it's a movie like a Marvel, a DC, a Star Wars. I mean, a Halloween, which we'll get to. Yeah. Like these big like. I guess these IPs that are nostalgia rebooted or continuations of franchises that I love and grew up with, those are the things I just want to get my hands on. Shang-Chi, yeah, I I also think there's a little bit of Kevin Feige and Marvel in there going, listening to some of the feedback, because when when it came out, I think a lot of people... We're like, ah, this is there's really no magic. What is Marvel? And I saw some naysayers in there. Of course. I'm like, you know, it doesn't feel like a Marvel movie, that kind of stuff. And then they're like, 
Really? Here's Abomination. <laughs> oh my God, this is the coolest thing I've ever yeah. seen. And then yeah. the rings and stuff. And it's like, I just think it's part of the marketing campaign. And I think it, it does, trailers in general, I think, reveal too much. I mean, that's just been a, an ongoing thing for a long time. And I, I always say, if if the trailer drops, it it is, you can avoid it. I mean, even I just I just prefer not to. As simple as kind of how the rings work as sources of power mm-hmm. was something that was so foreign to me that if I would have gone to the movie blind, I would have been that much more blown away, right? But the yeah. fact that I've even seen how they exist even a little bit in these two trailers takes away that mis- that mis- mysticism. Is that a word? Sure. Just a, <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah. Because I didn't know what to expect at all across the board, and now. I'm going to be expecting things. When's Abomination popping out? When's this going to happen? When right. is, the, you know, so that there is the give and take with trailers. There is the give and take. And, uh, you know, we take it with what well, we can't. I got excited from it. It did. I mean, it, it, it made me more excited, not because of Abomination. It's just because it did provide me with the, ah, okay. We are now There's connected to the MCU in, in a surprising way where I didn't think Abomination would ever come back. Um, and I'm glad to see he's there. And it, it seems so kind of shocking. And it also fills in some story with me. I'm like, ah, Shang-Chi is going to have to take on Abomination, I bet. Yeah, and I I, I mean, hopefully maybe then we'll get to see Shang-Chi with Hulk at some point. Exactly. But yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> I feel like so much of this stuff goes straight over my head that I didn't even know not to expect Abomination. So, like, when I saw him, I got it was such a slap in the face because, like I said, I loved him so much. Yeah. And... No one cared. I feel like I feel like if we never saw him again in the MCU, no one would have been surprised. Yeah, I think it would have just been one of those things. But this could also be because I am a little bit in on the lore of the comics. It could be a. Am I right, Ikaika? Are you with me on this? Is there a Thunderbolts mm. thing out there with Abomination? Is is he a part of that? I don't know if he's a part of it. I want to say yes. Okay. But- I think I feel like there's been, there's some chatter out there on the internet where where I I sometimes go down that rabbit hole where I'm like I've heard of Thunderbolts I know that General Ross at one point was a part of it uh, which was a part of the Incredible Hulk who did set up Abomination some ways and I saw some people talking about that well we could have Abomination and General Ross and da, 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 Thunderbolts and I'm like that could be a building block that Marvel that we don't know about yet just like I feel like in Endgame when there was a uh, Wakanda earthquake that was setting up Namor, which is going to be in Black Panther 2. So I, I feel like that alone in that trailer is part of a bigger building block kind of thing that Kevin Feige is going to be doing. Do you love doing the the red string on the board oh, yeah. with this? Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I can't stop doing that. And that's what I'm such a nerd when it comes to that kind of stuff. Well, I love following along with it because I don't know enough to do it. Right, right. right. So when I hear someone like you, t- I just kind of like I zone out. I, my eyes go across and I just like I try to take in all the information because Damn. I had heard a lot of people talk about Thunderbolts, I believe, with was it Falcon and Winter Soldier or was it yeah. WandaVision? Yeah. Maybe Falcon and Winter Soldier. I think it was yeah. Falcon, yeah. I think it was Falcon Winter Soldier where people are like, oh, this is definitely the beginning of what we could see with Thunderbolts. I think it's maybe because of the kids. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, that's WandaVision. I, that's a different thing. But yeah. anyway, I'd heard people reference Thunderbolts. I looked it up online and I was like, this is this this is like trying to figure out the history of a country. Like how am I, I don't like I don't know, but I know that the Thunderbolts are coming and I know that we're supposed to be excited. Yeah, well, the the war started when the Arch Ferdinand Duke was assassinated and no, that's not it. 1402. Um, 1402. Yeah, th- this is very exciting. I just think that this trailer is opening up so much uh, as far as not only, you know, uh, new characters are being introduced, Shang-Chi is being introduced, we have Black Widow now coming with her story, we have Spider-Man 3 coming, we have tw- Thor 4 in the works, I mean, like... She-Hulk. She-Hulk, yeah. you know, Then, and I will, we do talk about 
all the streaming series because they affect the movies. I know, and, and, and I'm so okay it's not with just, it. just like movie talk here. We are going to be getting into like how does Loki fit into all of this I love now? Loki. How is it? Yeah, how are it's you liking so Loki? Good. It's so freaking it's rad. It's so good, man, and it's so I didn't. I didn't know what to expect after WandaVision happened. I was like, oh, that's the route they went here. And then Falcon Winter Soldier felt much more true to like action, MCU, like yeah. kind of classic superhero films. And then this is just like, it's kind of a mystery comedy. Yeah, I yeah. don't know what's going on. I love it. Hiddleston's so incredible. Good. Yeah, I, I've really enjoyed it. It's myself. really, really good. Hey, Cutter Hale, uh, hey. thank you for the Streamlabs here. I know you're heading out. Uh, I wanted to read this. It was for Halloween Kills, so I wanted to save it. But if you're heading out, he writes, uh, Halloween Kills trailer blew my mind. Super pumped. Hope you're all doing well. Drew, I just bought a new phone and got a Apple TV+. Plus. Glad I listened to you. Ted Lasso is incredible. F9 was super fun. Halloween is my favorite horror franchise. Keep up the great work. Cutter, thank you so much. Thank you, Cutter. Halloween is, you, is definitely up there for me. Um, but we're going to stay in the Marvel universe right now because Shang-Chi is a new story, new character, opening up the worlds. But we do have a character coming out now very soon in Black Widow. We have a prequel, so to speak. And we have this new segment here on Riley's Cantina I affectionately call Ken Finally Saw a Movie. <laughs> Ken Knapsack, non-spoiler thoughts on Black Widow. You saw a movie. I actually went to a movie theater. <laughs> and let me, uh, they gave me the nice card. I don't want yeah. to JT this. Embargo Tuesday June twentieth nine a.m. this morning. Okay, okay, you're good. You're good. But you're no, good. I don't want to. No, no spoilers. In no fact, spoilers here. I don't want to use even like too many character names or anything. I don't want to accidentally stumble onto anything. Fortunate enough to see it. A lot of people at the screening last night and other screenings a uh, couple weeks. Uh, I I love this movie, boys. Yeah. This is a movie. I, I I am a Winter Soldier type of MCU fan. Uh, I just like the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. Like I like either like. MCU based in reality or MCU based in space. Right. But if it's on Earth and it's too superhero, I, I kind of pull out. Uh, this was uh, this is a fantastic uh, uh, movie because I think you, you can slow down. You really got to focus on these big, deep, important themes yeah. that run all through the movie: mm -hmm. family, family trauma, family forgiveness, uh, found family. Those kind of big things you hear a lot. And this big undercurrent thread. And Andrew and I were talking off camera before the show that I think it's very important of just. Uh, women try, and younger women try to take back their narrative, uh, uh, being controlled and being being made so, into something that they didn't necessarily have a choice to be. That that works in the superhero world and connects to stuff in the real world so well. And I think it was very powerful and it was a very intimate Marvel movie. I see. I love that, and I love hearing yeah. when you talk like that, Ken. That means that there's a, a really good story at the heart of it because yeah. you know, expert in Star Wars, um, talking about especially like found family. We talk a lot about those themes in Mandalorian and mm -hmm. certain uh, aspects of the Star Wars universe. I like hearing that for a character like Black Widow because you know we know the the outcome with Black Widow yeah. uh, as far as her life. Um, I don't know anything about the past with her, or how the found family or the family connections are there. It's it's it, you 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 could go. It's like. The Obi Wan Kenobi series coming up. I'm so excited yeah. for that. I know what happens to him. See the sure. movie. Yep. <laughs> know what happens to him. See it a few times. Run, but, Luke, but you could run. study if you really love these characters and these stories. You get to study certain points of their lives and, and certain decisions and certain whys and hows, and 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 this really dives into that. Some great fun performances. A great Marvel comedy. But um, Florence Pugh is I, I, scene stealer and, and movie stealer is not. Uh, it's kind of yeah, universally. She's, she's wonderful. And then my David Harbour and I are, <sighs> I think, sometimes the same person. Um, <laughs> though he's he's supposed to be an old, broken man in this at one point, and I looked, he's only a year older than me in real life. So I was like, oh, we've reached that point. 
It's Ken, there. that would put him in. You're older than me in real life. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. <clears throat> more wine? Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. More, yeah. <laughs> drink, up, drink up, boys. Uh, well, I, well I think it was one thing that, I, that you kind of said that I wanted to touch on really yeah. quick. It was like all these great stories that are being told. You know, this is a new angle that we're getting from Black Widow, but what we got with WandaVision and dealing with grief and what we got with Falcon Winter Soldier and dealing with racial issues and now yeah. we're getting with Loki, like this is what we want superhero movies to do. And they've never had the power to do it until now, really. Yeah. Right. Like they've tried maybe in the past and they've fallen a bit short, but now everyone is so invested and they're so on the nose with what they're talking about. What can what you're saying is something I heard from a lot of critics, a lot yeah. of good friends of mine that I've read, you know, even if it's just their tweets, they talk about women being able to write their own story and change their past and like and how much it translates to what we're doing now and how much they wish that we got these stories 10 years ago, but yeah. we couldn't have gotten them 10 years ago, which I think is, again, a testament to what you're saying and how excited I am that MCU is not just about some incredible hand-to-hand combat, which I've also heard oh. is some of the best yeah. hand-to-hand combat we've seen. I haven't seen the movie, so I'm not spoiling yeah. anything. Um, but I'm very excited to hear that part of the story. Yeah. Big yeah. giant set pieces, big Marvel MCU humor, big connections, and, you know, I always say, I'm not a comic book uh, MCU guy. Uh, you know, there's I had to walk out of theater. Ellis and I, were, we went across the seat. We're like, okay, but now... What does that person mean? But uh, you guys know how I take in films. I, uh, themes and lessons and engaging with the story presented to you. Plot and everything. That's fun seasoning for the soup that we're going to just gurgle yes. down. Yes. Uh, the themes, it's, it's, I think this will resonate with a lot of people. Uh, the Captain Marvel film, uh, the first one resonated, that, that the girls, little girls stand up. But this, is, this, this deals with trauma. This deals yeah. with having to go face-to-face with even someone you loved. Family and, and all the siblings, all the kind of things, and 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 dealing with what happened between even them on it, and and that stuff is powerful stuff. And and you're right, I think you're really right, Andrew. Nothing against the MCU movies at all; they've done clearly a spectacular job. But now they're getting the chance to slow down, and I think zero in on yeah. things. Yeah, and it's been really effective. It's exciting. I, I was thinking about that as you brought that up, and thinking about Wandavision, which is my by far my favorite of the mm. the, the shows so far. So good, uh, Loki. Uh, I'm midst of Loki that that they could change my mind because. Loki is a story about what what is his glorious purpose. Right. And in the first episode, he sees what his purpose or he sees what his fate is. And that challenges him as a character. And you talk about this great soup, Ken. All great story comes from character. The story is the seasoning. The concept, the MacGuffin, Indy running after the Ark. That's just, you know, people say, oh, you can't. It's just, that's that's the thing. It's the character of Indy and the character of Marion that we... We uh, gravitate to, and and I'm really glad to hear this about uh, a Black Widow movie because WandaVision dealing with the trauma and the the loss, and what does she do? She creates that reality that she wanted because she has the powers to do that. That's a powerful coping mechanism by a Scarlet Witch who has the powers to do yep. something. But we ourselves could maybe have our own cloaking devices, you know, that we we jump into when we're dealing with loss or trauma or whatever and that's what i love and you said it guys like we are now so deep within the mcu we can pause and we can go deep into these characters and that's going to mean something moving forward and i think that if marvel keeps doing this it's not just like what how are they going to top thanos give us character well, that's and, how. And the fascinating thing is they use the heavy hitters, right? They use Stark, they use Cap, they use Thor to get us in the door. Right. Now that we're inside and the door is definitely locked. Uh, they can go in with these secondary characters that we don't know as much about. I didn't know a lot about Falcon. I didn't know a lot about Winter Soldier. Right. Wanda, I didn't know a whole lot about Black Widow. And now I, I, when you talk about us knowing their fates too, what a brilliant way to tell a story to make you really, everything that happens in that movie, you're so much more invested because you're like, yeah, but you die. Yeah. But you're dying. You're dead. You know? And it's so- Your days are numbered. 
That was me last night in the screening, also when my popcorn ended. <laughs> You're dead! <laughs> Beautiful stuff. I, I understand. Uh, streamlabs.com slash goodpeoplegpa if you want to get some questions in there. Super Chat's always welcome. Uh, this is very exciting. Black Widow is coming out in a couple weeks, right? And I'm going to be... That's yeah. lost my uh, my Disney pass, I guess. Uh, so I couldn't get the... <laughs> Could get the early uh, on, screening, uh, but that's okay. So I'm excited. I'm going to go opening night for that because I want my MCU fix. Uh, so cheers to Black Widow and to Shang-Chi. Your trailer knocked our socks off. How's it the really wine did. treating you? This is phenomenal wine. Good it wine. It really is yeah. excellent. It's really opened is that, up. Is like, that, wait, that's Cambria. It's Cambria, yeah. So oh, there's yeah. an that's actual. The, that's even farther than Santa Maria. I'm yeah, sorry. it's farther up. Yeah, yeah it's farther yeah. up. It's yeah. Cambria. Not, it's well, no, it's not Cambria the town. It's oh. Cambria Vineyard. So oh. it's in, oh. it's in Santa Maria. Gotcha. I know that. It's actually so Santa phenomenal. Maria Valley. It's yeah. a really good yeah. Pinot. It's yeah. a good Pinot. Not and, too uh, sweet, but you get the fruit. Got a little bit of tannins in there. Yeah, I got the yeah. tannin. Got a little mm-hmm. bit of grit there. I, I'm noticing mm-hmm. on the on the finish where you're like, it's not too fruity. It's not too sweet. You're like. Mm, this could actually go well with a nice steak. I'm excited for your wine show. Oh, yeah. I tried to do a food show, and it didn't. <laughs> but I love the food and, and drink content out there, and I want to get in on it. So yeah. It, we The wine show is going to be very, very personal. Ken's like, I love eating. Be, I love, no, what did you I say? Want, <laughs> I want someone to, uh, can we launch an ugly, delicious after show where we yeah. just talk about mm, the yeah. ugly, ugly, delicious on Netflix? Please. Anyone? Or I even Favre's uh, chef show. I just love watching him and Roy Choi cook. Yeah. Roy no, Choi is my hero. He's that's what I want to so do. wonderful. Yeah. We're going to have wine, and there's going to be some accoutrements to have with it that's going to pull it out. Some food, some crackers, some cheese. Cheese. Mm. Definitely lots of cheese. And then we're going to pour the wine. We're going to talk about it. And then I'm going to ask you some hard questions, like like real deep questions. Like wine questions? Not wine. Oh. No, we're going to get into it. Oh, like about, about, about life. 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 I love it. Wine that's opens great... up everything, not just conversation. It opens up feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that it does. Bring it on. Wine. Cut, All right. Cut to uh, two hours into the episode. Both of you have your shoes off, socks alive? on the table, crying. <laughs> she never called. She just, I just thought there was more to it, but she, she wasn't there. Hold me, Leia. Yeah, hold me, Leia. Anke Van Durin in here with the super chat. Am I the only one that thinks these guys both have a high Superman hair vibe? Mm. Uh, you're not wrong, Anke. You are not I'm wrong. We, we have the uh, Superman hair. You two a holes with your beautiful hair. <laughs> beautiful hair. Want some wine? <laughs> yeah. It's okay, Ken. I couldn't grow that much of a beard if my life depended on it. So just uh, fail enough, you'll get here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Just uh, put a few, log a few more miles there on the odometer, and that uh, that beard will grow in nicely. Uh, thank you very much, everybody. This is Riley's thank Cantina. Andrew Guy here. We are going to go into our next bit of news here, which is actually another trailer, and it's Halloween Kills. Oh, Ikaika with the sound drop. What a legend. The legend that is Ikaika. Uh, Ikaika, I'm starting with you, man, because you and uh, mm-hmm. you and me, were, were our horror, uh, horror buddies. Well, I don't even know what I'm saying here. Um, You're killing it. Do you like, <laughs> how'd, you, how'd you like the trailer? I know, it's the wine. is already working its magic. How'd you like the trailer, Ikaika? I was surprised that they showed so much brutality. Talk so about, I, yeah, yeah, dude. I, I yeah. think it wasn't a red band. Because yeah. they showed that much, I think there's so much more that's even worse. Mm-hmm. Oh, Michael Myers. Which means is, even better. He's on the loose now. This yeah. is like, this is what I loved about this. Now, 
Are you familiar with the original, uh, Andrew? Like yes, 1978. I'm, I'm familiar with the original, and I was actually a pretty big fan of the first Halloween that Rob Zombie did. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I didn't like, it wasn't my favorite, but I liked it. Second one was okay, and I didn't see the most recent, I think, what, what was it, 2018? The, 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 yeah. the same director did. Oh, so you didn't see the 2018. Seen, no. So this Halloween Kills is is the 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 sequel to that. How, did you like, was it good? Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah, I loved oh, it. I'm an idiot. I loved I'm it. Behind. I, I loved it. Now, I, so... Some people like, and I've, I love looking on Twitter and seeing, you know, the, the discourse and what people are talking. I love 1978's Halloween because Deborah Hill, J- John Carpenter created a mythology, The Shape. So it's a masterclass yeah. in writing as well. You, thank you. you. Take the script, you open it up, you watch the movie. They never describe Michael Myers as anything but The Shape. So that transfers wow. to the actual telling of the story because the sh- he's just a force of nature. And what I loved about 2018's version is he gets out and we're dealing with, again, trauma and what the PTSD looks like from Laurie Strode, Jamie Lee Curtis's character. 20, 30 years plus, she's been thinking about this man that tried to kill her and she's having so many, so many problems in this. And so what this movie tries to do is take away 2018's, that is, I feel, is remove the myth of what was created, that he was the boogeyman that he was a force of nature, that he was supernatural. And so that movie spent a lot of time going, speak, Michael, say something. Mm. The beginning of the movie, there's two podcasters that come in, they want to interview him because it's true crime and it's this thing, and they're like, they're like, do you know how many people you killed, Michael? Say something, say something, and he won't speak. They're he, interviewing uh, Michael Myers. They're trying to interview Michael Myers. Now, what happens if the boogeyman speaks? Right. He's human, and they don't do that. And so they're playing in that world, in that breakdown of a mythology that I find fascinating because then in that movie, Michael Myers gets out, it's Halloween, he does his usual, you know, stabby stabbies, and he's killed, but it's brutal, and it furthers, in my opinion, that mythology that John Carpenter and Deborah Hill created, which the boogeyman is a force of nature, and people try to study him and try to say, like, well, he's obviously human. This trailer, for me, it's like Laurie Strode now, Jamie Lee Curtis is like, let it burn. Mm-hmm. You have to kill. And it's there's something more to that theme that I think is getting, that I see in Halloween Kills. So I am freaking excited. Well, okay, so what you're talking about, and, and maybe let me, let me try to dumb this down for myself. Sure. <laughs> is, is that like, they're trying, because I felt this when I was watching the trailer and I even wrote it down. I was like, is he, a, is he mortal? Is right? that what they're trying to show finally? Is like, is there a way to actually kill yeah. Michael Myers. I mean, in this story, yes, but they're playing a little bit because in the original, he's shot five times yep. and he lands and then he's gone. Yep. Now in the 2018 movie, it's basically just he was caught. Okay, so we know that. And then I know that the Halloween timeline is like, you know, when Steve Rogers went back and created these alternate timelines, there's so many of right. them in the Halloween yeah. universe. There's H2O, there's, uh, you know, the, there's, uh, the, H2O. Yeah, H2O. That. There's really like part four, Return to Michael Myers, mm-hmm. where the Laurie Strode character died and it's the niece now that he's after. And that, you know, at one yeah. point they made, uh, Laurie Strode the sister to Michael Myers. They got away with, Wait, they, is, they, she, they, is she still, she's, no, they got, she's not? they got rid of that. Wow. Okay. They I'm basically started, things. 2018 basically went, this is a direct sequel to 1978. 
and they got rid okay. of that nonsense of her being the brother and the sister kind Maybe of thing. Maybe I'll watch 2018 tonight. You're really selling me, man. Oh, man. It's just it's it's just a lot of fun. Plus, it's a horror movie. It's right, like, you right. know, I'm not looking for Citizen Kane. I'm looking for Michael Myers <laughs> killing people, and I like that idea of the boogeyman and what does that mean to ask the boogeyman to speak. I find that fascinating. His mask in this, too, it looks really good. I mean, it it's, looks one of, it's one of those small things that it has to get better and it has to stay scary. But it has yeah. to change, yeah. too, the mask. Every movie, it feels like. Yeah. And I think they did a really good job with exactly the way he looks here. And to touch on what what, what you were just talking about a moment ago, was what, yeah. this was a gnarly trailer, which means that the movie is going to go through the roof. Yeah. Like, there's going to be a lot of the, oh, God, like those the, moments, I can't wait. Those are kill, my favorites. Yeah, the kills are brutal. And I, I wonder what they're going to play with. I wonder what that's going to look like because this is going to set up Halloween Ends, which is a was the proposed trilogy that uh, David Gordon Green brought to Blumhouse. So we're getting Halloween okay. Kills this year and then Halloween Ends Next year, I wonder if it actually ends though. I mean, what a weird career for that guy. That he, but he's kind of just become the horror dude ever since he did Halloween in 2018. Because he's got, I think he has The Exorcist in the works also. Right. But he's a guy that came from doing like Pineapple Express and Joe. When I was like reading about him, I was like, really, this is the guy. Yeah, yeah. But it sounds like with what you're saying, and if you look at his IMDb, he did something very correct in 2018, and everyone's all in on him. Yeah, now. I mean, I think uh, in generally, Kaka, did you like Halloween? <laughs> The 2018. I really liked it. Like, yeah. it got rid of all the nonsense. Like, there was, like, some, like, incest and other things like, yeah. in the sequels. And they were really, it was, it was, a little... it was all over the place. And t- well, the 2018 just was like, let's get rid of the bullshit. Go back to the first one, which was amazing. The second one is not bad, but we're yeah. going to change the story, make it scary. It's mm-hmm. just, it's also scary that they're, that Laurie Short is not related. And that's just, she's just a random person that was picked. Again, that's, yeah, yeah like that's that. the force of nature aspect. You know, because when you put Michael Myers as the brother... You know, then it's like, well, yeah, now we know why he's going after her, you know? I, I got to tell you, I almost feel like an idiot that I didn't know that this had happened because I feel like that has been the staple of Halloween since I've known it. Yeah. Because I grew up in the times when Halloween, you know, I went back and watched the original after I was probably like maybe 20 or something. But I grew up in the time of all the the the, the ones that you just mentioned, the not great ones. Halloween not 4, great ones. Yeah. H2O, stuff like that. 4 has its moments. Freddy, Freddy I mean, versus Jason, I know that's a different one, but like the, the horror movies when I was coming up with the classic guys, yeah, yeah, were not great. Other than I gotta say, I did love the Texas Chainsaw with Beale. That like I think it was that's like a good remake. That one was really that's good. a good remake yeah. actually. Yeah, I like that. I'm not big on the remakes and Same. and even the 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 Rob Zombie one did the whole okay. brother sister thing. Yep, yep. Because that was the mythology, and then when Gordon Green went to Carpenter with their idea, that was never their intention. Mm -hmm. Like, their intention was to make a Halloween anthology series. Michael Myers was supposed to be one and done, and then the next movie was going to be another story set on Halloween. And instead, it got too popular. They went, no, give us Halloween 2. So they went, ah, fine. They wrote it. They They want Halloween 2. Trick or treat the series and make a movie with a new thing every time. Look at Season of the Witch, Halloween 3. That was their original idea, doing the anthology. So they have Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, not tied to Michael Myers. People lost their mind. We then got returned to Michael Myers and we're off and running. So, you know, they're changing it up. This looks great. Ken, are you a big Halloween guy? Have you seen the original? I have seen the original. Okay, uh, Grace I love that. made me watch it. Big she, horror fan. This is why um, I like Grace. Yeah, she was in uh, the uh, Amateur Hour short film, The Shape. Uh, yeah, Christian yep, Bukaba yep. and Cody's uh, short film. So she's like, "You're gonna watch this." Yeah. And you know, I, I get I, I get scared, not as scared as Josh, but when I'm in it, and, and a good psychological thriller, you know, using horror to tell those kind of stories. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, could, I see why it's a classic. Yeah, it's a good classic, and yeah. so we'll see. 
how Halloween Kills does with the fans, and uh, it's coming out this October. I cannot wait. Was Myers your favorite guy? Or were you a Chainsaw? Were you a Jason? Were you Freddy? Like, who was your go-to murderer I know, growing right? up? I mean, I fell in love with the Friday the 13th films and the iconography of the hockey mask. Yeah. And I became really into those movies because at that age, like my 13th birthday party was for Friday the 13th Part 7, The New Blood. Right. Because I was like, wait, Jason's fighting a a woman that can use her mind to throw things at him. Sick. That is <laughs> awesome. And so I go, and I just love the the I love the ch 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 the music. Just, but the best, in my opinion, is Michael Myers. And then probably, I mean, it goes Halloween nineteen seventy eight is my favorite horror movie of all Period. time. Period. Period. Wow. Just it's 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 so beautiful. Um, there is not a single Friday the Thirteenth movie on my best of horror list. Right. Not a, know, not a single one of them. Yeah. They're fine. It's just something about them that they're fun to watch, and it's like, you know, you get Jason and whatnot, but, like, Nightmare on Elm Street is in my top five. Yeah. That is one of the scariest movies of all time. That movie scared me to death yes. growing up. I had to take a long, long break from anything it's, Freddy. Yeah, it's... It, and I'm, I might be on, uh, an outlier here. I'm not a fan of Freddy the Comedian. I'm a fan of Freddy who doesn't say much, mm-hmm. but comes in and cuts you. Same. What yeah. what got you, Andrew? What scared you the most? Yeah. What, the period in movies or with Just, Freddy? And then Fred with Freddy. If, if, honestly, if I, if I could tell you the truth, it was because my buddies, uh, I had a good friend growing up and he had an older brother, right? So we were like probably eight and his brother was like 18. And there was one day when I went over to his house and he had like this, cl- in his closet was like a horror shrine. He had like all these posters and all this stuff. And we went in there and he locked us in there and he kept shoving the Freddy claws oh underneath my the God. door. <laughs> and okay. so when I finally watched it, I was like, I can't do I can't do this, man. That's I hell cannot do this. Yes. Come on. That's okay. That's now I understand, sir. Eight wow. years old. Yeah, I was traumatized. It took me like that at would least into my late one. teens to watch a Freddy movie because it scared me so much. I mean, I'm still kind of scared at large margin, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah. She's oh, horrifying. Yeah. You know, because it scared me at, at 10. But that would. You, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Got I, got a, I got a therapist if you need. Cause <laughs> I do. That's a thing. <laughs> Trey T in here with uh, Scariest was Pet Cemetery. Zelda oh. messed me up for life. All caps. I want to know what, what traumatized you from a horror movie in the chat here. Yes. I'll start reading some of them out. Yeah. The scare. I'll tell you, the scariest thing that got me as a kid, like Friday the 13th didn't scare me that much. Halloween didn't scare me. I mean, it scared me. Mm-hmm. You know, Poltergeist, one of my other favorite movies, uh, horror movies of all time. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, oh, yeah. the original, scared me. But it wasn't stuff that gave me nightmares. At a certain age, my parents were just starting their divorce, right? So it was a, it was a, try, it was a trying time for, for little Riley at this time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's give me this. Uh, I watched Amityville 2, The Possession. Is that? Oh, keep going. Sorry. Okay. So that Amityville 2 is the prequel to Amityville. And they actually do Ronald DeFeo and the murders. And so this is, I mean, it's, keep going. Yeah. Let's go. We're talking about <laughs> shit that got I me know, as a I'm kid so now. I'm so into this. But Amityville 2, Ronald DeFeo basically gets, spoilers, gets possessed. It's the whole legend of Amityville. Gets possessed and kills his entire family with a shotgun. That thing traumatized me because I was so into my family. I was so wanting my family to stay together. I was so worried about my family that then I saw the son kill the family i went mom dad are you asleep i got sleep in here with you i slept i slept in their bed for like weeks and my mom's like and i remember this vividly 
She's like, you need to go back to your room. And I went, I don't want to do that. She's like, I'll buy you a Nintendo game. Okay. I can do it. I'm fine. I'm fine now. Even better. (laughs) Yeah, but that one got me. Um, You know, uh, People Under the Stairs, King (laughs) Dingaling. Great name, too. Uh, People Under the Stairs is a good one. Pee-wee's Big Adventure is one of my top 10 laser bolts, says Eric. E.T. was like, I know it's a kid's movie, but for some reason, like, as a child. Scared the shit out of me. I couldn't couldn't watch it for so long. I, I was obsessed with it until I was like six. And then all of a sudden, one day when I was six, I was like, this is horrifying. And I could not watch it again until I was like in my teens. Oh, yeah. No, I uh, I got so scared mm. when the when the Moon Men came in to get E.T. Uh, that was it oh, for me. Yeah. I went screaming out of the movie theater, 1982, and wow. then turned around and watched it eat other times because I loved it so much. Because it was something that you loved about it, but yeah. it still scared me. Wow, yeah. yeah. These are, you know, I think my favorite horror film is probably still The Descent. That's I just a good love movie. the descent. That's There's a something about it. Yeah. Mine was Kramer versus Kramer. That's a good one too. <laughs> That's horrifying. That's a scary freaking movie. Uh, we are so excited for Halloween Kills. I know I am. What do you mm-hmm. guys think? Uh, on the rewatch, anybody watching at home, you're not joining us live right now, drop in some comments. I go in there. I want to know what you thought about the Halloween Kills trailer and the Shang-Chi. There it is, Ikaika. Last trailer in the news here. Mm. Sopranos fan, are you? Are you? Yes. Okay. The Many Saints of Newark. First trailer reveals the rise of Tony Soprano. We have actually uh, Tony Soprano, um, James Gandolfini's son, Michael Gandolfini, playing the part. This is a fantastic trailer. Spoken from somebody who's never seen a Sopranos episode except the first one. I don't know anything (laughs) about the Sopranos, and this trailer looks freaking great. Yeah, so I watched the Sopranos once through when I was in college. Okay, the whole series. Yes, the whole series, but I was also... Uh, I wasn't at my my best mental capacity a lot of the times in college. I was, you know, oh, yeah. under the influence of something, whatever it may have been. Wine. Oops, is that wine? a joint? It was this Cambria wine, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, what are you talking about? College is for college learning. Is learning. I so it was, it was so good. It yeah. was, I, I haven't gone back and watched it, but it was so phenomenal. And you see why. It was one of those things where you're like, all right, can it really be that good? Everyone talks about how good The Wire is. Everyone talks about how good Breaking Bad is. Everyone talks about The Sopranos. You go and you watch the three of those things, and, and you're like, oh, yeah, okay, that checks out. Right. So when I watched this trailer, there's a little bit of skepticism in my blood, of course, because I, I'm always like, I don't know if we even needed this. But by the time I was done watching that trailer, I went, oh, my God. Yeah. How did this not happen sooner? Right. And I am so excited for something that I did not know I need it in my life. And honestly, I'm such a big fan of Vera Farmiga. Yeah. And to see she her looks in this unrecognizable. She looks un- yes. They, the, whatever the prosthetics so they're doing on her face, I'm, I'm very excited to see her. I love Bernthal. I, I don't yeah. know, like, off the top of my head, I can't uh, place the actor that plays his uncle, but he seems like he's going to be great. Right. Yeah, and I yeah. did not know that was Gandolfini's son. I, yeah. I got to do my reading. I know. Yeah. I Well, I b- b- learned about that today when the trailer dropped. I went, such oh, that's right. I remember reading about it. Now, what this trailer actually makes me want to do is go watch the entire series. Are you Ken, have you seen The Sopranos? Did I, you get I into it? Uh, never did. Uh, um, I didn't couldn't afford HBO at the time. And then uh, <laughs> they couldn't afford the DVDs, which were things before Blu-rays. Right. Uh, but I, uh, my room at one point was just addicted to rewatch it. So I, I think I've heard every episode. Okay. And I acknowledge its greatness. Yeah, it's, it, it's, I remember watching the first episode, really liking it, and then just, and that was like last year I was trying to do rewatch. But I, right. I, do, I, I do have it in me. I think to what, how many seasons? It's a lot. Yeah, it's like six. It's a lot. I don't know. I might just watch the movie then and then try to. Well, catch I think up that later. was the other thing is when I was <laughs> yeah. watching it. <laughs> it's like, how are we going to do this? I was watching the trailer and I was like, yeah, I, I guess there's probably a couple things that they're referencing in here that 
I just don't remember. But right. I honestly think just it's going to be like watching The Departed for the first time, I think. You're going to see like a coming-of-age story of a criminal. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think it matters if you don't know a whole lot. I think maybe it'll be even better if you haven't seen it yet, and then you go watch it afterwards, you're like, oh, my God. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. We could watch this movie first and then go into Sopranos. But I really liked it. I thought it was a, a fantastic trailer. It had the shades. Uh, maybe it was Ray Liotta in there, but it had yep, shades yep. of Goodfellas for me. I was like... And Goodfellas is a good thing. I love this trailer. Uh, wanted to touch on it because I know a lot of people are talking about it. It's big Soprano fans out there. I can't wait to see it. I might need to go back to uh, do a rewatch on that. Um, Laserbolt, I see you in there talking about the paranormal, act, uh, uh, sorry, paranormal oh, activity movies. A yeah. uh, reminder that tomorrow at around 3 o'clock, we're going to go early. On the main show, GPA Live, we're going to be watching Paranormal Activity 3. Josh, I know, I can't I can't speak right now. I'm not that drunk. I am not drunk right now. I mean, there's right no now. way we haven't even gotten through the bottle We yet. haven't gotten through the bottle yet. <laughs> um, Paranormal Activity 3, we're watching that. Josh McCuga, you made him. You guys paid jo- good wait, money. Josh is, yeah, I was going to say, who? how much did they pay? Because Josh is going to yeah. watch it was one Paranormal of the, 3 with you. Yeah, we're all watching it for wow. the live show. Yep, that'll be Everybody, true. that's on tomorrow's show. Good People Live at 3 p.m. Pacific. Go uh, mark your calendars, set your alarms. That's tomorrow. Very excited for that. Did he ask to do it in the daytime? I mean, he asked not to do it. So when I go home, yeah, he did really. He was like, we got to start early. We got to start early. Yeah, yeah. About 3 o'clock tomorrow. Maybe, yeah. So the the dark, foreboding darkness of night doesn't scare out Makuga can't do it. Yeah. I, I don't actually watch as many horror movies as I used to. I, I've gotten like a little more scared in my older age, but I don't think I've any seen anyone. I thought Makuga was doing an act for the longest time. And <laughs> then I realized people, yeah. he's just horrified. Oh, he's horrified. <laughs> yeah. He just can't do it. And so uh, at our stream of Palooza, part two, you guys raised enough money to torture Josh Makuga, so we're doing that tomorrow. We're good on our promises, and thank you for tuning in. All right, that is done. The news of the day is finally done, and let's move on to our next segment. All right, Andrew Guy, this is your something cool of the week, something I'm introducing here on Riley's Cantina. I like to take a little bit of news or maybe a fun fact and opens up the conversation. But Quinn Tarantino was recently on, uh, he's doing the rounds. He he actually wrote the novelization for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, and we learned, and, and one of, what's Brad Pitt's character in the movie? Uh, is it, uh, uh, whatever his name was, the mystery was whether or not he killed his wife. Right, right. It's, it's shown in the book. Oh, so really? I, I won't spoil it unless you want me to. I don't oh know if you're God, planning I on reading you, it. I guess I'll ask you. I went and spoiled it for myself because I had to know, and uh, Slash Film kind of broke it down in one of their articles, so I read it. But anyways... Uh, Quentin Tarantino, he still plans to retire after his next film, mm-hmm. but he revealed that he considered doing a Reservoir Dogs remake as his last film. I thought that was cool. I'm glad. And the, he even said on Bill Maher, because this is where he said it, he's like, the internet, do not freak out. I'm not right. doing that. I considered it not doing it. But I went, that would have been, that's interesting. Hitchcock has remade his movies before. I can't remember which one. Dial M for murder, I believe. Um, That's what I was but, res- <laughs> but Reservoir <laughs> Dogs, would you have liked, if Quentin, and I put it to Ken, Ikaika, Andrew, if Quentin Tarantino said my next film is a remake of Reservoir Dogs, what would you do? I think that's kind of cool. It is something cool for the week, but I want to know your thoughts. Uh, I would have been really under- underwhelmed, I think. Yeah. Because I loved, Reservoir Dogs was the first Tarantino movie that I really watched, and I was like, 
So this is Quentin Tarantino. Like it, it was around that time when I think it was around I was like 18. I watched it late. Yeah. But it was like 18 when I started to really recognize directors having a true stylization impact on film. I started to like have an eye for it. And I was like, wow, this is this is Quentin Tarantino. And then I went and watched Pulp Fiction. And then I went and did the whole rounds thing. I think it would be not great for him because yeah. Reservoir Dogs is so loved by so many. I, it's already perfect. It's exactly like yeah. why why change it? Why not give us something that we are dying to get, which is like maybe a Kill Bill three or maybe just a new something out of Quentin Tarantino, right? If it's the last thing you're ever gonna do, the Vega Brothers. Yeah, just yeah. have you heard about that rumor? It was like John Travolta and Michael Madsen, the character from Reservoir Dogs. I did hear about this. Yeah, the brothers, they're yeah. brothers in his universe, and they he he threatened at one point to have a movie of them, and I would have been like, that would have been awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Ken, would you a uh, Reservoir Dogs fan first? Uh, I'm more of a Pulp Fiction fan. Yeah, me too. Uh, than uh, and, and Glorious Bastards is probably my favorite of Tarantino's. I uh, but so. yeah, I, I, I'm with there. you initially, Mark. Like, it's like, yeah, that, something about that tracks. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, T would do that. T would, like, like I know. Um, <laughs> Yo, Q. Yeah, uh, but I'm kind of I think really well said, Andrew. Of just like go forward, do yeah. something new. I'm uh, as a creator, I don't like to go back uh, yeah. to, or redo anything. Like God bless you, I'll never do the schmoes no movie news again because that's something I did. I want to yeah. go forward, mm -hmm. and I think he's the kind of creator I like to see him go forward one last time. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I love yeah. when he. I mean, look at what he did. If he would have said, "I'm going to do a sequel to Pulp Fiction." And not making glorious bastards. Yeah, but, uh, but even right? then, that's something new, some different playing with the characters. The going remake forward. is just kind of playing the same even thing. The that Star we did. Trek yeah. thing. It just seems like he'd be underwhelmed by it. Like if yeah. you look at what he does in his career, exactly yeah. what Ken's saying, he's always a guy that's kind of moved forward. I mean, even Kill Bill was supposed to just be one movie, right? Right. right. But you know, I, I think it was the studios that made it, so that wasn't maybe like four yeah. hours. But yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I think. I don't know if I actually... Do you guys even believe that it's his last one for real, or do you think he'll come back after 10 years or something? I Yeah, that's a good question, Ken. Uh, I come from the world of pro wrestling and comedy. <laughs> so There's no, no retirements. <laughs> There's yeah. no retirements. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he's the type that could do it, and he'd go run his little movie theater, the you know, Beverly, uh, yep. the new Beverly Cinema, whatever, and, and do it. But and then 20 years from now, he might be like, I've got an idea. Right. It involves feet, but I got it. I... I uh, on Bill Maher, on the on the latest episode on uh, Politically Incorrect, he, or Real Time with Bill Maher, uh, Bill Maher... Going point, back in the 90s there, but... Yeah, I know, <laughs> I was. I was, was. Say, I was like, Jesus. still on. I just dated myself, <laughs> yeah. Did you guys see Jurassic Park? It just came out. <laughs> yeah. It's a really good move about shouldn't dinosaurs. Have, shouldn't have went to the park. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but Bill Maher looks at Quint Quentin Tarantino and goes, are you effing ridiculous? You're not retiring. Mm -hmm. You're not retiring. And he goes, he goes, oh, come on. No. And he pushes back and Bill Maher's like, come on. Martin Scorsese, Steven Spielberg, they're still making their movies. They're still great. And then Tarantino's like, man, I'm past my, I'll be pat. He's like legendarily, and he's such a film guy. He's like legendarily at, at my age, I've had this great run. The movies go down in quality. And, and I'm like, I don't know, really? He's like already judging himself. And Bill Maher's calling him out on that going, you, no, you can't do that. Yeah. You can't do that. And he said, maybe I'm going to write. Yeah. He's adapting. He even said in this recent article that he's writing a film, uh, uh, a novel adaptation of Reservoir Dogs, of all things. He See, has another go. novel uh, <laughs> that he's thinking about. He's doing, he loved the, 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 uh, the, the, the novels that accompanied the movies. So, like, the, the novelization of Star Wars, I, I picked up and read, and, you know, yeah. he's I, the same kind, he's of the same ilk. Look, I, I respect, uh, you know, taking it to sports. Like, 
we don't they don't own us owe us anything right barry yeah, right. sanders <laughs> wants to walk off the field he doesn't owe us anything he doesn't owe us his health doesn't owe us his time so i would support it and and what you're saying too the the alternates the the check down passes to doing books and plays and everything just, he's going to be a creative person to the end so he really is he's know. working on stage play for once upon a time in hollywood including a a scene that wasn't a part of the movie so right. it's like he's i would He's creating, and I think that if he keeps doing that and says, I'm not going to be a part of movies anymore, I'm going to yeah. do novels, plays, what have you, at one point, he's going to turn around and go, actually, I'm doing Kill Bill 3. I, 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 I kick yeah. this back to you guys here in the shadows. and We're, we're playing with lightning today. Yeah, we are. I, the I, dark, uh, I like bodega. it. It's the, it's the cantina. Um, it's the cantina. What, what if his final movie was just a straight-up Quentin Tarantino rom-com? I'll take it. I'll take. Yeah, I would take me? it, man. I mean, you know, I'm a rom com fan, yeah. but like, it, I, it'll be shot from the feet up. But that's a <laughs> that's that's okay by me. The meat yeah. cute is two feet in a line, and boom. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, what would I'm go? I mean, that. why not? What, he, yeah. he hasn't done a whole lot wrong before, and I think the connections we have seen in the movies that he's he's given us, like, yeah. I would have watched Uma Thurman and Travolta for an hour and a half, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. Just the two of them. So I want to watch a rom-com. I, I'd be down. I think it's really interesting what you talk about with, like, directors kind of falling off as they've gotten older. It's you talk it's about Coppola, Spielberg, yeah. Scorsese. There's so many people that when you look at their careers, you could argue that. It's just kind of fascinating because Quentin's always been a guy that's, he's been a copycat. But mm. he's done it in his own way. And, not in a, and I don't say copycat in a bad way. I think it's a brilliant it's, thing to do. He's if, influenced exactly. by so many genres, directors. Yeah. yeah. yeah he's so talk about the most fan. influence ever to be like, no, nah, I can't. I have to retire now because all the people that I learned from went downhill after X. I thought it was an interesting so, kind of take because I then throw Departed at him for Scorsese. Right? Yeah. You know, how many years after Goodfellas? How many years after Taxi Driver? Um, Spielberg, you could argue maybe he's lost it a little bit, but I would argue yeah. that, you know, Ready Player One was a return to greatness for me. Mm-hmm. I love I like Ready Player One. I really do. That movie just worked for me. I don't find it can be completely Spielberg, like, you know, nostalgia kind of thing, but it's an interesting point. I don't I don't know if he'll if he'll follow through because I think it, at the end of the day he's a creative and he wants to do this. Kaika, you're raising the paddle. Oh, yeah. Um I th- I think that Tarantino is going to have, like, limits on his last movie. Mm-hmm. I think what he means is, like, last original movie, so I think he'll do sequels. Mm. Uh, well, oh, I think, okay. Well, the Kill Bill 3 doesn't really make sense. I think what he would do yeah. is, it won't be a movie. He'll do, like, a limited series of, like, a prequel to Kill Bill, of, like, them being all assassins and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, mm. Fox Force 5? No, that was Pulp no, it's Fiction. A Deadly Viper Assassin Squad. De- Deadly Viper Assassin? Ding, ding, ding. Look at that. gets a point. And your winner. Still got it, baby. Still, Still got, got it, it. baby. <laughs> uh, we shall see what Tarantino does, but that is your something cool mm. of the week. Whether or not Tarantino remakes Reservoir Dogs remains to be seen. A little later on, we're going to be looking at some posters from all the Tarantino movies. I pulled all my favorites, and we'll talk about them uh, at the end of the show. All right. Andrew Guy, we're up next. A little thing I call film bits. I'm going to throw some news headlines at you. You tell me what interests you the most. Okay, Okay, and we're going to talk about this. Film bits. We have Transformers Rise of the Beasts adds Ron Perlman as the voice of Optimus Primal. Okay, let's keep going. New knives out. To, yep. New knives to set photos confirm that Ethan Hawke has been cast in a mystery role. 
I will stop here. I'm down to stop at this at this stop. I like that. Well, and that's then good hosting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. We'll keep going then. Star Wars Rogue Squadron finds a writer and Matthew Robinson. I'd be down to hear you two talk about yeah, that. If you have we can, to we say, can touch on I'm that. A little new. Star Wars action. Yeah. 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 Well, when do we? I don't know this game. I have the like that the last one here, and then uh, and you can choose Andrew Guy, the guest of uh, okay. honor here. All right, here we go. And the last one that we haven't talked about yet because I haven't geeked out on it yet. The first look at Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne in the Flash reveal. I would love for you guys to, inf- to, to, to teach me things. Yeah. Because I don't actually know what's going on yeah, with yeah. this whole thing. I know there's a crossover. You get, I know you get to pick Batman. You get to pick your favorite news article from okay. that. So I want to go to Knives Out. Yeah, Knives I Out. I loved Knives Out. I think it was one of the best, like, it was the clue of our generation. It right. really was. You got the comedy in there. You got the real mystery in there. The who done it. You didn't know how it was going to turn out. The whole you thought you did. Right. I love when you think you, you're smarter than a movie and you're not because a lot of times we we kind of are. Right. Like, yeah. It's very yeah. rare that you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't see that coming at all. And then the cast, it's it's almost like it's become Dune, but for for this genre, right? Yeah. Like so many more people, almost every single week, are getting announced, and now we have Ethan Hawke coming out. I mean, just just pour it all over me, man. Yeah, give me th- a bottle of that because I will down it right now. I yeah, this one got me too because um, one, there was a lot of fanfare when it came to Knives Out to casting. So yep. every time they would reveal a new actor, it was always like, I, I just like PJ Campbell's like one of my favorite people, He's and just like every casting announcement, he was just like, "This is on!" Like he just kept <laughs> like he was so excited off everyone. I'm like, I'm like, all right, I'm like hold on, I want to see what this movie is, and then Ethan Hawke is announced, and I'm like, oh. God, I'm so excited because I love Ethan Hawke. But these set photos, did you see this? It's like kind of revealed that he hadn't been announced. And they've just started filming in Greece. And uh, Dave Bautista's in it. Oh, yeah. And, and, and Ethan Hawke is like holding some weird gun. And he's got like a, a and he's got ponytail, a ponytail. Right? Yeah, real dirty and looking. So, yeah, so the internet's going crazy on uh, who Ethan Hawke is. We're not doing that. We're not speculating on no, who he is in this no story. Idea. Ryan Johnson, I'm sure, has created a, another fantastic mystery, noir, fun, funny, all that kind of stuff. I'm just excited. This cast looks amazing. Let, let's go over the cast real quick. We got Janelle Monet, Jessica mm-hmm. Henwick, Catherine Hahn, Leslie Odom Jr., Kate Hudson, Edward Norton, Madeline Klein, as well as Dave Bautista, Ethan Hawke, and of course, Daniel Craig returning as Benoit Blanc. Is is Ana de Armas coming back or no? She's not in it or is she? I don't think she's in it, yeah. New story, new family, new everything. So it's just Benoit. That's incredible. When you imagine being a director and being like, oh, this is who I, I, you know what, I want to grab them too. Oh, he just did something cool. Grab Catherine Hahn. She was good in WandaVision. Like, that is absolutely insane. But it also means that every one of them, they saw the first one, they read the script for the second. Yeah. Catherine Hahn probably isn't dying for work right now. I mean, she's seeing a spotlight like she never has before. Right, right, right. Which means she also has a lot of offers, I bet. I bet she has, yeah. She's knives out too, and you see the fact that she's hopping on board. Batista's hopping on board at his moment right now after Army of the Dead. Ethan Hawke, I think, is one of the most under-celebrated actors in the history of acting. Oh, He's yeah. He's so talented. He's so good. I, I mean, that's why I wanted to stop here, man. It's yeah. so exciting, and this is this is the type of movie news that I love to hear. Me too. Uh, knives Out, one of my favorite movies of that year, if yep. not one of the one of the great mystery noir kind of stories. Um, reminds me a little bit of his brick. With Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I don't know if anybody's Brick, seen Brick. Yeah. Brick is a fantastic movie uh, that put him on the map for me uh, as a filmmaker. Uh, Knives Out, Ken, did you like that movie? I love, I love that movie. Big fan of Ryan, obviously. Yeah, uh, yeah, I really love the movie. I'm excited to, to, to see him expand, sp- expand this kind of weird story universe in a way. And, yeah, uh, excited. It's an all-star cast. Yeah, and as far as Ethan, I'm, I'm with you too, Andrew. I've always been kind of a 
uh, you know, a fan of his and, and, and I think he started in the 90s coming out of Reality Bites. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you could pin that pretty boy reputation on people and no matter what they try to do, sometimes that's still mm-hmm. going to be pinned out of them. Uh, you know, um, I, I am a huge fan of uh, uh, Great Expectations, the 1998 movie with him, Dodero. It's Quentin good. It's, it's really it's good. It's good and it's cre- creepy. It's creepy. Yeah. It's different. It's romantic. It's yeah. gothic. It's tragic. Uh, I really, I, I had great soundtrack. Pulp, like a friend, great song on there. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what a throwback. A lot That's of stuff. That's a yeah. good song. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm with you on this. It's interesting. It's just fun. And and Johnson's uh, he's playing with house money at this point. He really is. He really is. You know, another good movie of his, The Last Jedi. <laughs> I was waiting for Last it. How, are you guys last? Great. Freaking movie! Yeah. Is this real? What's that? You like Last oh, Jedi? Oh, I love the Last Jedi. Are you I, kidding me? I, let's do this. this. Yeah, I'll let's. Do it. I, well, let's go. I like we have Last a super Jedi chat also. coming in from Ray Dominguez the third here. Oh, Ray, love Ray. Saying cheers to us. Thank you for the super chat. Very generous run, my friend Ray. Uh, so we are going to cheers to you. Yes, we will. Cheers, uh, Ray. Thank you. This is some good. This wine is just cheers. so damn good. It's honestly, we need another bottle. Mm-hmm. We don't need another bottle. We, we sure do, we actually. Do. We do. Uh, John Lestrina is in here as well. Six-time world champion and two-time Royal Rumble winner. Batista? Question mark. That's right. He is a six-time world champion, guy, a two-time Royal Rumble winner. Batista, John Lestrina, my friend. Good to see you in yeah, here. Thank you for the super chat. Uh, Batista's career is. I'm so glad it's gone where it has. He, he, he's, he showed he, everyone he could do it in uh, Blade Runner. Yeah, oh they yeah. Just, they just went. That was the one. I, would, I was right. just gonna say. Yeah. Yeah. I just put on Blade Runner 2049 the other night because it was just. I was on HBO Max. I'm in bed. I'm like. I'm falling. I'm like, what am I gonna watch? You know what? Blade Runner. And I only caught the first 15 minutes because right. I. Passed out afterwards, but Blade Runner will do that to you. He, I know, Blade Runner. <laughs> you, you, you know of Blade Runner, huh? Um, no, but that opening scene, his, his. I mean, he just Ryan Gosling sitting in the darkness and just he's, you know, Batista's making his soup and then he's, yeah, the glasses, just looks over and always knows. Act I mean, it's with just glasses. Always act. It really, glasses. it really does Adds this thing, you know. It just, it's like yeah. you can. Yeah. We actually, you and I have perfect eyes. I think is one thing that people don't know about us. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, we do. We have perfect eyes. Hmm. I'm so uh, old now. I actually yeah. need glasses. Oh, I need them pretty actually badly. Need glasses. Yeah, yeah but I know. Uh, he matured. He grew up, uh, and he really wanted to make this happen. Uh, yeah, and, and, and I, you know, I, he was never one of the my favorites in, in WWE, but he was great, hmm. and he was great. Uh, and why and not? Uh, he was always a little dull for me, uh, big dude, and, and God bless him. And he came up as a, a, a his gimmick was called Levi- Leviathan, and then he goes to WWE and everything. And uh, you know, uh, it never worked for me too much. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that it just like Randy Orton? I don't connect with him as a wrestler, as a storyteller in the ring. Uh, but Batista, you know, it wasn't just uh, hey, let me go try this. I think he was like, let me go do this. Yeah. yeah. And it takes a while again to shed that reputation. I think The Rock does The Rock well, but he had to shed a let reputation along the way. And I think people eventually, one day, if they're not already, will be surprised by Cena too. But yeah, but uh, yeah, Cena's, Cena's great pretty too. great. He yeah. has really good comic timing, which is very, very, very hard to execute. Uh, Smart the su- guy and hard the worker. S- the Suicide uh, Squad yeah. trailer with Cena. Yeah, that oh, yeah. got me. And, Sorry, and you were saying Ken. No, no, and thing, and and and, and this has uh, been brought up to The Rock before. I think even Roka brought it up to him in person. But it's like. Wrestlers, especially from that era, and they still from this era, don't get me wrong, but The Rock, Cena, Batista, you're on the road 330 days a year. Wow. So your work ethic is just in a different stratosphere. Yeah. And what you're doing and what you're putting out and what you're putting back in. And, and that's why everyone's like, Rock, how many movies is The Rock doing? It's almost like a weekend off for him because he, he's, yeah. he's travel 330 days a year. Yeah. 
back in the day. And so I, I love seeing it. And as a wrestling guy and, and been inside the wrestling business, I just I love seeing guys break out and go mainstream, which is easier now than it used to be, but it, it's fun. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's a really great point that he makes there. I had no idea that it was 330 days on the road. And if you yeah. can do that, you can do anything. Yeah. Like legitimately in entertainment. Yeah. yeah. And it, it shows. And uh, I mean, I would, I'll, I'll go on. My hot take is I've seen more range out of Batista than I have The Rock or John Cena because uh, of I would, I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because he really had that quiet moment. And I would love to see The Rock do something like that or John Cena, where it's just like, there's a lot to be said about not saying shit in dialogue, and that mm-hmm. Blade Runner 2049 really did it for me on that. The Rock doesn't have to yet. You yeah. know? He, no, he, no. He'll never be forced to do anything other than what he wants. He's great in his but if way. He goes for it one time. If he hires a coach and he gets real deep in a movie, could you imagine? Like, if could you imagine oh. if we got like a rock performance, like what we got a Mickey uh, Mickey Rourke in the wrestler? Or oh, something? yeah, yeah. Like, and I and I think he has it just, in him. I do too. Yeah. I think I mean, and only because probably even what Ken just said is just the work ethic. Yeah. Like, yes, acting is a talent, but it's also so everything is something you can work to be better at. I mean, you look at some of the I mean, look at Hugh Jackman. Look oh, at Hugh yeah. Jackman at the beginning of his career and how he is now. Mm-hmm. Like, that dude is an incredible actor. He's always been a great entertainer, but now you talk about his emotional stakes. I'd love to see The Rock do something like that. Yeah, me too. Uh, King Dingling here hey. with a super chat, my friend. Thank you for the GPA and Action Industries are my go-to YouTube channels to watch when I can. I love this discussion, so feel free to open another bottle. Hey, King Dingling, thank you so much. I love that Leia's right here loving on you, and then you just start petting her, and she growled. I think it's because I, I don't know if it's because I stopped. or yeah, Oh, that's it. <laughs> is that what it you is? You stopped. She's like, what are you doing, man? Hello, Leia. We got Leia here. You can see her You're tail. You're not here to do the show. You're here to <laughs> <She's> pet me. <laughs> She's all hanging. I gotta admit, I miss Leia. I haven't seen her in so long. I know. I miss Snickers, man. I haven't seen him. Like, he would be in a a collider. She would be here. And, uh, well, now she... This is what we've learned about Leia. You can see her tail wagging. Andrew Guy walks in. And Leia goes, She was not happy to see F you, F you, F you, F you, F you. You know, runs away. And I'm like, just ignore her. Just ignore her. That's what she does. And sure enough, you're ignoring her. And she comes up. Hey, Leia, get up here. She's like, but she's like, this guy's ignoring me. So I want want him to pick Come here, you. I want, huh? I want everybody up, to see up, you. Up. There you go. Uh, Good girl. Nope. Nope. Get up here. Oh, there we go. There she is. There's the baby. Oh, so welcome, cutie. Leia, to Riley's Cantina. Uh, all right, everybody. Thank you for, very much again for joining us. If you haven't already done so, hit that like button. It helps please us do. so much. Leave a comment if you haven't already done so. Uh, if you're watching on the uh, replay, please leave a comment. Hit that like button, and I will jump in there and talk to you. We're going to get to some more, new, uh, not news, but a little bit more discussion here. If you want any questions answered by us, you can feel free to do so at streamlabs.com slash goodpeoplegpa. Limited number of the picks and sticks left. Get them now. Mm. Send $20 if you're a member, a GPA member, a bucket member, or $25 if you're not a member. Streamlabs.com slash goodpeoplegpa. You get three limited edition stickers, four guitar picks. They're almost out. Send your name, send your address. We'll get them on out to you. Okay, before we go and wrap this up here, let's do something. One of my favorite segments here on Riley's Cantina, and that is called, I can't even speak, that is called They Don't Make Them Like They Used To. Andrew, this is where I collect some of my favorite posters, and I like to tie it to a theme. Now, the theme is always seeming to be uh, superheroes. Okay. And Star Wars. And, you know, the big news of the day is always that. But with Tarantino threatening retirement, threatening a remake of Reservoir Dogs, I decided we need to look at all of his movie posters. Because there are some great ones. So I like to revisit them. So, Ikaika, let's bring up all the posters from Tarantino. Start from the top. The classic mm. Reservoir Dogs. 
That tells me everything. This is what I like to do, Andrew, is that the posters, if they're doing their job, they're telling a story. They're teasing you just enough to get in that movie theater and check it out. And this, to me, I love the silhouette of the guys. That, to me, became not only a band apart, his production company um, logo, the, uh, the, the men in the black suits yeah. there. But yeah, yeah, the, 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 what we know now is the climax of Reservoir Dogs, and you're teased with what the hell this is. I just get that it's, it's Tarantino, so by now I know. But if you're looking at this poster, would you go, I need to see this, this movie? Well, I th- what I think is so cool about this poster is like you, you think of when Reservoir Dogs came out in 92 and it makes sense for the art and the shading and stuff like that. Right. Sure. It's very much of that timing. But then you look at the men in the black suits and that 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 draws intrigue. You're like, what are they? Why do they? Why are they dressed the same? Why do they look so cool? And then you see the blood spatter in the writing. Oh, Subliminally, yeah. you're like, OK, what? There's so much of like what point. is going on here yeah. that it really makes you recognize and appreciate how much goes into this poster art. Like this is this wasn't an accident that these are the three big things that we're focusing on. Right. And uh, yeah, I love it. I, yeah. I think that Tarantino is actually one of the guys that's done art for his movies better than almost anyone. I agree. Yeah, I love this poster. Ken, Reservoir Dogs, this poster, does it get you at all? He's like, I hate it. No, <laughs> no, it's, it's classic. It's also, you know, around this era, I was in, in film school myself, and a lot of stuff Andrew's talking about, how to put together a poster. And I love the 90s era posters. Yeah. Um, and and, and uh, that, that image down below is very iconic. I was doing stand-up comedy in the early 2000s, and the, and the uh, promoter made T-shirts where that he basically took that design and had our, you know, every time we did a show, was our names on it. Just like you, people, it inspired people to do so many other things, so it has this kind of own legacy, which I like. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Good stuff. It's yeah, good stuff. All right, let's move stuff, on. Good stuff, T. Let's move on to the <laughs> next. <laughs> and I pulled this one in particular. Now, I pulled some different ones, some variants, some international releases, but this was for uh, an international release to uh, tout the Cannes Fel- uh, Film Festival 1994 Best Picture winner at the time. I love the rip in the the tear to show yeah. the pulp with the with the like that to me is like what is this movie for me as somebody pulp fiction was my introduction to, to Tarantino I I heard all the 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 accolades I heard all the the, the word of mouth knew Uma Thurman was in it and when I saw this poster this poster in particular I saw somewhere and I can't remember what but I remember picking it today and I went this is the one. This is the one where I went, what do, what's Uma Thurman doing? Right. What is this movie? What's Pulp Fiction? Who's Quentin Tarantino? Wow. What's October? Oh, right. It came out <laughs> in October. No. Um, but yeah, I was really excited about this poster. Andrew, what do you think of this? So I was six when this movie came out, which oh means that I saw I know. I know. I apologize. My I, God. <laughs> oh, God. Ken's going to throw up. Not again. Uh, so, so I think I started seeing this in the movie stores, so I can date myself a little bit. There you are. Uh, there you I think when I was about seven or eight, and I remember looking at this and being like, wow, she is sexy. Or I guess I didn't, probably didn't even know that word when I was eight. But she, I was like, she's very attractive, but she's very, there's something very intimidating about her. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was kind of frightened by this poster because I didn't really know what to expect. Like, she looks kind of scary. There's a gun. But again, I was like seven at the time. So when I look at it now, obviously, I'm like, oh, this is genius. You got the definition of pulp. You got the definition of fiction. But I actually remember this box cover in American Family Home Video in Ooh, Salem, Oregon. Like, nice. very well. And it was a movie that I was kind of scared to check out. Love it. That that was it. I love that. Yeah, that's that's this is one of those posters that just gets me. It just uh, you know you want to you you want to know what the hell is going on with this because I think I feel like the tear and the pulp and the the revealing of a, a of a definition so to speak is mm-hmm. like 
telling the audience is like, you're in for a good time. Don't take it too seriously. This is a story. And she's not even the lead character, but she's on the box for a reason because yep. I think it is maybe her best role. Even though I love Beatrix Kiddo, this role was just wonderful. And oh, the highs yeah. and lows she had to go through were so intense. I, I, I remember sitting in the movie theater for the adrenaline shot scene. Oh, my gosh. I remember... That room was so nuts, Matt, Matt Harloff, my, one of my best friends from high school, we went, I was back uh, from college at the, that's how old I am over you, you son of a bitch. <laughs> 92, you're back from college, Jesus. Uh, 94. 94. No, I just started college. So I was on, I think it was right before I went to college, actually, if we're, yeah, no, I was home, but whatever it was. I was with Matt Harloff, and I remember that scene, and I went, <gasps> And I just couldn't, I mean, this is one of the best movie-going experiences of my life was Pulp Fiction. So uh, I'll say that about it. All right, let's go to the next poster. here, And it is Jackie Brown. Mm. To me, this is an underrated movie. Not a great poster, yep. in my opinion. Well, that's kind of the whole still, story. It still holds better than anything. I was looking at the different posters out there, and unfortunately this is... Jackie Brown not really mentioned a lot in the Tarantino filmography... One of my favorites, though. I think it's in my top five. If I'm going to rank Tarantino movies, this is in my top five. This movie, Samuel L. Jackson agrees. He said it's one of his favorites as well. Yeah. Um, Jackie Brown. Yeah. Too. Oh, Forcer nominated for an Oscar for this movie as well because of it. Uh, yeah. What are your thoughts on Jackie Brown? This poster is the story of Jackie Brown. It's an underdone, under-celebrated, yeah. overlooked film. Yeah. All of the things. I mean, you, and the reason I say this poster is perfect. I mean, look who you have on there. You got yeah. Forrester, which is great. He's great. You've got Pam paying, playing Jackie Brown. I also am on a first name basis with her. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. Deal. What's up, Pete? Yeah. No, <laughs> What's up, Pete? But then you got Samuel Jackson and Robert De Niro just kind of hanging out in the wings, and you're like, "Wow, look at this all-star cast directed by Tarantino." It's a great. Uh, is is this a noir? Is it really like right? It's like a crime noir, not crime really. Noir. Just a crime noir. I mean, drama. it's like kind of a crime drama. Yeah. I think that this poster is so perfect for the legacy of Jackie Brown, yeah. even though that's kind of a sad legacy. Because I agree, this is a really good movie. Oh yeah. And Keaton in there. God, so good. Keaton's in there. Yeah. Uh, De Niro, Bridget Fonda. That, I love this movie. Are you, uh, Ken, are you a fan of uh, Jackie Brown at I, all? I am, I am part of the problem. I'm one of the, this is one of the least familiar right? films for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was a, a great choice for him. I mean, what was this, 97? 98? Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah that feels right. right. 97. He, he comes out of Pulp Fiction with this, right? And yeah. It, it's, it's a, how are you going to yeah, follow that up? Pulp Fiction changed the world. I make jokes, but I, I was in mm. film school. I was in screen and it's like we would study Pulp Fiction. Like, yeah. And it was the vibe. And it was like that, Clerks, Pulp Fiction, uh, uh, Reality Bites, all those guys. That era, you felt it every day. You had conversations about those movies every day. And then follow up with this, and you just want Pulp Fiction too. Right. And this might... Be that. That's the same thing that happened with, shot. with Nolan, right? Yeah. Right. Everyone was like, "What? What's going to happen next? We've had all this great stuff, and then we get Interstellar, and everyone was right. like really let down at the yeah. time." But you go back and you watch Interstellar. You go back and you watch Jackie Brown. Like, how do you live in the shadow of yeah. those yeah. like all time great films? And and I think the truth is, is you can't. You can't. Yeah. It's hard to follow up Pulp Fiction. One of my favorite Twitter exchanges of all time was when Once Upon a Time in Hollywood came out uh, a couple years ago. And uh, people started ranking them, and uh, somebody said Jackie Brown, and uh, one uh, uh, Twitter user mm. came in and said that the classic example of a sophomore slump was Jackie Brown, because mm. he couldn't, you know, second film, can't outlive 
Pulp Fiction, and somebody rightly so went in there. Well, the sophomore slump was Pulp Fiction then, because Reservoir Dog <laughs> right, was the was first the one. Original, yeah. And the person deleted their tweet. So, anyways, <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Oh, we lost some uh, power over there. Uh oh. I probably kicked something. Yeah, I don't know. It's okay. Uh, that's all right. Something. We'll go on to the next poster here, and they don't make them like I they think used this is to. My, no, no, this is no. We're going death proof. Mm -hmm. And I pulled this one in particular because it's Grindhouse, it's Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino, but I love that poster. That is exactly what this movie was supposed to be, the Grindhouse, uh, the B-movie kind of attraction. Uh, Robert Re Rodriguez and Tarantino, I mean, Rod Rodriguez's episode of the Boba Fett, uh, or revealing Boba Fett in Mandalorian, mm -hmm. is this poster to me. Okay. It's the, it's, it's, it's the guy, it's the, it's the stormtroopers overacting in a B-movie way right. to go get Boba Fett, and they're just getting lit along the way. That's what Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez were doing here in this grindhouse, this B-movie kind of thing, but that teases it. You get the iconography of the of the, the skull and the crossbone. Kurt Russell's in there somewhere, going to drive, but he's going against, he's going away from the women, showing that the women have that power because they're going to stop him. That's telling me this story, even though it's just one half of a two-part movie, or anthology, I guess you could call it. I, I I just love this poster, the way it looks. I think you hit the nail on the head. I think this really embodies the feel of what this movie is supposed yeah. to be, which is kind of a grindhouse, cult, like cult classic horror film. Yep. And if you got, let's say, the poster that we're about to see for Inglorious Bastards, or say you got the poster for what we just saw for Jackie Brown, you'd be like, all right, this movie takes itself way too seriously. Right, and I think right, it's right. really important that you're supposed to go into this movie looking at this poster outside the theater, going like, oh, I want a ticket for that, going in and then getting basically like what you're saying, exactly what you signed up for. And if you do yeah. the deep reading, if you look into this poster, you see all those things that you're saying, which obviously you won't know until after you see the film. Yep. But this is, again, this is a, a testament to Quentin Tarantino's eye for finding art that matches his. Yeah, oh, a great way to put it. Yeah, I love that. Da Did it's you see wine. Death Proof, uh, Ken? It's the uh, wine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's good wine. We're yeah. done with it, aren't we? smarter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've seen Death Proof. I can't try to remember. Yeah, Kurt Russell. <laughs> Kurt Russell's yeah, fantastic yeah. in this Zoe movie. Zoe Bell. All right. Zoe Bell yeah. is fantastic. Uh, we, 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 got to, we got to work with Zoe yeah, Bell. Yeah, we did that. Ago. Yeah, with our friend David Fickus. Yeah, yeah. she was great. Wow. She was awesome. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's go on to the next poster. We're getting into Kill Bill. Mm. Now, I grabbed this one. Kill Bill, in general, I was looking at the posters. Very simple. Yeah. It's Uma, the sword. That's it. I pulled the uh, international one because I like the blood. I like the... Le Faux Film de Quentin Tarantino, the French, right. uh, and it's it's kind of the, I think this poster in particular was one I pulled because they were advertising it at Cannes at that, at that year, so it makes sense. But I just love the simplicity of it because that's the bride to me. That's Uma Thurman. That's mm -hmm. just, she's, I'm going to just cut you. I'm just going to, I'm going to literally cutting the background to, to make herself known and stand there. That's what she's going to do and... This just works for me. It has the color and everything. He really figured out how kind of attractive and eye-catching blood is in posters. Oh, I, yeah. I, that's kind of what I've realized from this little class that we're taking here is when I look at his posters, he really loves to use blood, and it honestly is the most eye-catching part of this. And you're like, oh, yeah, Uma Thurman's there also with a badass samurai sword. Oh, yeah. Why is she wearing bright yellow? Why is everything yellow? There's just enough about this to make you ask, what is this? Yeah. And I think that's why it's a great poster because great it is poster. simple, and so was Kill Bill. Honestly, the first Kill Bill is a very simple movie. Yeah, it's just a story of revenge. She's yep. gonna go 
these kill people, this these MF-er. people did bad things to me, so I'm going to kill them. Yep. Period. Exactly. And I love that. And uh, the poster shows it. Uh, big fan, uh, Ken. How about you? Kill Bill. Yeah, I, had, yeah, I love the Kill Bill volumes. Great yeah, stuff. And, I know. and yeah, everything you guys are saying, I echo. Just uh, it's uh, iconic. It's simple. It stands yeah. up. Now the next poster in line is for Kill Bill Volume Two, and I grabbed this one in particular okay. because it's different, and I freaking love this poster. This is the poster that I would hang on my wall. This yep. is the international one that I pulled. Um, it's it's a great. It's the samurai sword. It's like we get a little bit of uh, the first movie. She's already taking care of business with a couple. Bud is next, and then Ellie, and then Bill. Underline double. I, I mean, it's a great poster. Is that I the release that date in the top left? Uh, I believe that's a release that date. That yeah. is genius. Yeah. If that is, and if not, then I knew it wasn't. I the think so. Two thousand four. Yeah. 2004 is Kill Bill Volume 2, and 2003 would be Kill Bill. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, And then also, all great things come in threes. You got Bud, L Driver, ending with Bill, which means you know that this movie, you're going to see that. You're yep. going to see exactly. her and Bill. You love the O-Ren and the Veronica Green, or Vanita Green, excuse me, yep. uh, to, to, to like remind you of where we've been. It's great. Simple, yeah. smart. Again, I, I think it's crazy about this segment is I didn't realize like how hard these are to make as brilliantly as they've done. Yeah, it's like you pick a good poster, which is the whole reason I like doing this segment on the show is because you talk about story. You talk about yeah. what is it invoking. You talk about marketing, which is a, it's, it's, it's an art in itself. Like, And I, I do not like floating heads. Floating heads is the way we go right now, especially Marvel. Marvel, yeah. your posters suck. They really do. That like I'm not crazy about your posters. The Infinity War Endgame posters, they're fine. The Force Awakens posters and the Star Wars posters, I liked the Force Awakens when they they started oh, yeah. doing the weapons ones. Yeah. But when there were a bunch of floating heads and everything, it's just that's not telling a story to me. Give me your original kind of Empire Strikes Back poster where you have Vader standing over the main characters and the ad-ats in the distance and telling a story. This tells a story to me. Well, one's telling a story, and the other one's selling. Selling product. an actor. It's selling an actor, right? Correct. Which is why here you don't see anyone's face. You just see what's happened. You're like, okay, that's why I must watch this movie. I, I, I'm stealing that. That's the, the best way to say it. One is telling a story. The other is selling a product. Yep. Selling a product feels cold and sterile. It's just like, eh, I get it. Yeah, you know, a bunch of floating heads in this movie. It's I know what It's kind of exciting, but yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. But this one, yeah, Ken, any, any kind of thoughts on the uh, Kill Bill one? Sorry, no, Kaka, no, no. you just jumped ahead. Oh, oh great. Oh, great. Uh, now, this one, Inglorious Bastards, this is actually Alamo Drafthouse uh, uh, commissioned Tyler Stout to do this poster for a Alamo Drafthouse. I happen to know that Sam Levine has this hanging in his, in his room. So I like this poster. I wanted to grab it because it's not official, but Tyler Stout did do an official one for the Alamo Drafthouse, and I think it's the actual best version of the uh, the posters because the posters were fine, but I love this poster. I love the art. I love the busyness of it. I love how just like it's an assault on your senses. You're like, what the hell am I looking at? There's so much to break down. Of like manga, like a, like a great it is. anime. Yeah, yeah. I comic. think it was. I, I, no, no, sorry. I was thinking of uh, uh, Mondo. Mondo, Mondo, Mondo is the poster that they that they that they would sell this on. Yeah, yeah. You look at the stylization of it, and it very. It, it, it's funny because I actually almost expected this stylization to go hand in hand with something more like Kill Bill. Yeah, it feels more like those two would go hand in hand. But again, that's why I'm not in charge of this, right? You're like, oh, Kill Bill. Let's do something that's kind of like manga looking. No, let's go with let's go with Nazis. Let's do that instead. And, and when you look at this picture, I think it's it's really great. The busyness of it, it t there's so much going on here. But if you don't know the story, 
You're just yeah. like, okay, these are these are actually kind of floating heads, like what we were just talking right, about. But right. as you can see, they're not focusing on the fact that it's Brad Pitt, even if he's the biggest star on there. Yeah. There's so many other things going on on here that you're like, okay, why does that dude have a swastika carved in his head? Hitler's Correct. in this movie? Oh my God, Christoph Waltz? What? Like, there's so much about this. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a really great poster. And then, of course, just the bullet holes. Such a simple little, like, simple. cherry on top. Yeah. Look at in the d- bottom right corner. I know that dude. Yeah, it's our boy. That's Sam Good Levine. Sam Levine. My God, yeah, this is a great poster. I love the art. I love the busyness. I love that it does tell a somewhat story, chaotic as it is, which I think is the story of Inglorious Bastards. It's a little yeah. chaotic, a little all over the place, but because it's an alternate kind of history thing, but it all ties together at the end really neatly, and I love Inglorious Bastards. You said it, Ken. That's one of your favorites. It might be uh, your favorite, yeah, Tarantino. Yeah, I, mean, I love Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but, uh, you know, just the the World War Two motif and, yeah. and the alternate fiction and, and just the tension, the Hans oh, the stuff tension. is, is yeah. amazing. It's, that, it's, that cream scene, uh, you know. Oh, there was I, so I did find a uh, a fan poster, mm-hmm. and it was I almost pulled it, and I wish I did now just to show it. But it was a glass of milk against a red right, 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 right. background. That's great. And it said "Inglorious Bastards," and it had like some kind of visage of um, Hans in there, uh, uh, whatever it was. But it was. Really fantastic. All right, let's go to the next poster. Is it the last? That no, scene yeah. was incredible. So this is the international one, uh, Django Unchained. Um, Django Unchained, the original poster, great poster. Yeah, having uh, you know this and uh, having uh, Jamie Fox next to um, uh, Christoph Waltz, kind of a floating head thing here. But this to me tells a better story. It's an international one. Uh, oh, sorry, it's the teaser. Before we even knew it was coming, this is the one. Look at the chain and how it's broken at the end with two people. That I love. Um, no problem. And uh, thank you to Ken Napsak, who is out of here. Ken. Yeah, I didn't want to say Good anything, but I, I can't say goodbye to you without you know, doing yeah, you a gotta live on air. you got to say goodbye for real, yeah. Um, so this, to me, is one of my favorite posters of all Tarantino movies. That's It's fascinating, because when I look at this, I'm actually a little underwhelmed, man. Yeah? I don't, okay. I don't know why. Okay. And, and honestly, if I was trying to think of something that would be better, I have nothing to offer. Because I, <laughs> I think that if you tried to put too much more on the poster, sure. it would just be kind of dirty and muddled or like... I, I, like, I, like I said, I don't know what you put on here because I think what, what else happens is there's the floating head thing with Leo or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it was like something. See. It was fine. I mean, it was like, but the, this this just to, to me like tells the story that I want to know. That's really, I mean, because that's the whole movie. Yeah. It's about him breaking through his bonds of slavery, which yep. he does, and then him going back and getting his revenge with one other person. Yep. That's the movie. That's so the movie. I, I guess simplicity at its best. Yep. And uh, yeah, we see. We, I see it in the, uh, the chat here. I saw it. Let me get it up here. Uh, si- yeah, Ray. Ray Dominguez the third, simple, elegant. Yep, that's yep. really nice. Yeah, just the chain broken at the end. Two people. We got Django. We got uh, what's his name? I can't remember his name. And uh, oh god, the character I can't remember name. his name either. Oh god, I can't remember. It'll come to me. But the date, 2013, a new film by Quentin Tarantino, Django Unchained. This one is one of my favorites, guys. What do you think out there about this one? We also have a Streamlabs in here from Slay 79. Great to see Andrew on the show, Suave. S-O-B. Hey, Riley, so sorry I forgot to put my name on the guitar picks when I ordered. Sang Lay. Okay, got your address here. I was about to read it. <laughs> my friend, sorry. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, I'll just throw that out there for everybody to go say. You got to say thank you so much for that. Slay 79. All right, we're going I've on. I've got his name for you. Dr. King Schultz. Dr. King Schultz. Yeah, Dr. Schultz. Dr. That's Schultz. It. I was Dr. like, King? Schultz. I don't yeah, remember yeah. King. 
All right, so I pulled this one. This is the theater standee. Oh my god, we, we got, got a little we bit. Got a we got a, we got a splash. This is where we yeah, started. This yep. is, yeah, this is where we started. Okay. So this is the theater standee. This Blood is again? another one. I almost grabbed the original, which had like uh, Kurt Russell and had um, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee in the snow with like kind of some bodies in the background and they're kind of in motion. Very cool poster. This, however, I love. I love yeah. the implications of it. I have no idea. And a good poster, in my opinion, also teases a story. Also makes you go, what? And so just who's who's in there and why is there blood? Why, why is there blood? I'm like, telling that's, you, it's, that's it's because scary he to recognized me. how much we pay attention to blood. It's crazy. Exactly. We've seen it now in so many of these posters. There's a motif with Tarantino here. So what I think is really interesting about this poster is for an art like an art point of view and for who Quentin Tarantino is and what we got, I think this is a brilliant poster. Mm-hmm. If I was a Hollywood producer, this is the one movie where I actually go floating heads. And it's not yeah. because, yeah. it's not just because of like, you know, the people you expect, but it's also like, look who's back. Tim Roth is back right. here with us working Great together point. again. Kurt Russell is here with this badass mustache. Like <laughs> that's the kind of stuff that I'm like, all right, it makes sense that you don't because you're Tarantino and you don't need to. But mm-hmm. if I were, I guess, a, you know, just like the typical Hollywood producer, this is my only probably floating head film for him. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, it made me, sometimes I look right to, like, what would my mother do? Like, she is the, like, she, like, before the pandemic, she would go every Tuesday and see every movie. Ugh, like, whatever it. movie came out, she would go to the movie theater to see it. And I rem- my favorite story is her is like, I just saw Rogue One. Ray looked really different. And I was like, okay, mom, prequel. <laughs> She's going to look at The Hateful Eight and not know that one of her favorite actors of all time, Kurt Russell, right. is in this movie. Sell that movie. So th- sell, sell the movie. Tickets. Which, again, becomes to your point, dude, which is the product versus the story. Mm-hmm. We're film geeks. We're nerds. I like the story, but I get it. It's a marketing. It is a product. You got to sell it. Whatever. All right, let's go to the last poster. Mm. And this one was created for uh, a big event, I believe. So it was a little bit more. Um, the original posters from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood were some of the worst posters I've seen. Okay. It was them like leaning against like Hollywood oh, signs. Yes, yes, yes. I and saw it was those. one of the first. And, and a lot of people were, were out there saying these posters suck. Now, I didn't find them to be completely horrible, but this is more of my speed. Well, this, this is a- this, this is the seventies, the Clint Eastwood kind of feel that like that 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 these movies like were emulating. Yes, floating heads, but they're like there's it's something so different. different. Yes, yeah. I was I was just gonna say talk about marrying the two worlds. Yeah, if you if if my mom goes and see oh wow there's Al Pacino there's Brad Pitt there's Leonardo DiCaprio there's some pretty blonde woman because I guarantee my mom does not know who Rob- Margot Robbie is even though right. I love Margot Robbie. Oh, she's the and best. And then she goes Kurt Russell and she goes oh. I'll watch this movie, yeah, right? Exactly. But then also people like you and me and and you know maybe people in the chat as they see this and they go, "Okay, yeah, those are all the people that I already know that are in this, but look at everything else. Look at the look at the like the true heart that you're seeing in this. Like you're taking a slice out of history and we're going to relive it in this yes. movie. And yep. who else could do it better than Quentin Tarantino? So, I think that this is he did this for a reason. He's going back to that Hollywood thing from the 70s being like, "Look at all these floating heads. Look at what we're going to do. This movie's going to be great." People exactly. didn't talk like that in the 70s, but <laughs> I know. I thought they did. Put your dukes up. Put your dukes up. <laughs> uh, a lot of people in the, yeah, very Drew Struzan says Noam Sand. Uh that's very yep, yeah, very true Drew Struzan uh definitely influenced on this. 
Uh, Ray Dominguez III, again, this is the most Hollywood. Mm. Gnome scene, or sorry, you already said that. Uh, where was it? I, I lost it. Your layers of both. No, where? God, I lost it. There's Whatever. so many of There's them. There's so many chats here. I did like what Hamstract said here. Would it would have been cool to see the Hateful Eight poster that's just a pot of coffee. Oh, my God. I saw is, that, I too. That. I wanted that's to thank smart. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hamstract, uh, that's a great idea, too. I love it when movies do that, where they focus on that innocuous thing. But it's, that's like, like, it's a pivotal but point. But it's so pivotal, right? yeah. I'm trying to think. There's something, there's a... There's a poster out there that actually did that. Oh, Inception. Oh, I saw a, a, a fan one of Inception to, that's just the totem. Yeah, it's the spinning thing, and yes. it's just like very simple. It's huge. It's a huge whatever you call it totem spinning thing, and then it's like with the names, and you're like, what is that? Right. Like I, why, I just love. Why that. is this? A th- why do I care about this top spinning or whatever? Right. But you care. Just yeah. like the blood. I think it's it's genius. It is. And uh, I love that poster. And that was the last poster from the last film from Quentin Tarantino. Let's hope that we're going to be talking about one more. Yep. And it's not a remake of Reservoir Dogs. I don't yeah, think please. we need that. I don't I think, just, I, I don't I, think I, we I don't think that. that's going to happen. No. Uh, Andrew Guy, that'll do it. Thank you very much. These hours, this hour and a half has flown by. We're even going into hour 45 this right now. This was a like a straight up blast, man. Thank yeah. you so much for having so me So glad to have you here, to come in, to drink wine, delicious to talk wine. movies. Yeah, this, this wine was delicious. And uh, for everybody watching at home, if you go to Cambria Estate Winery, go check it out. This is the Julia's Vineyard. It's a 2018 Pinot Noir. That's what I'm going to be doing. If I drink a bottle of wine that I like, I want you guys to know about it. It is a delicious wine, and it, I am secretly teasing the Riley's Wine Show that was going to be coming very soon for those members and for everybody that joined us on Stream of Palooza 2. You were nice enough to uh, donate to us here. We got enough uh, funds, I should say, uh, and we're going to launch that show very soon, so stay tuned for that. Uh, Andrew, where can people find you? What are you up to? Uh, please tell us everything. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at Andrew Guy. You guys see down below my name here. Um, the link Ac- is in the description as well. Action Industries is what I work on with my good friend Ben Bateman, also a very good friend of yours. Love We're my friend Ben Bateman. Put up a lot of content every single week, whether it's trailer reactions, movie reactions, or just us going live and kind of hanging out with you guys and hanging out with everyone else. Uh, I've got a couple movies coming out soon Dude, that I'm working on. I'm excited awesome. about it. I'm so excited because uh, I know you're a, you're an amazing host, and I love what you're doing over there with Ben Bateman, but you are a fantastic actor, Thank and you, I'm man. so excited to know that you're doing more with that because seriously, man, you really are, and I and and I want great success from you with this. So what what do we got cooking? Uh, so that, I mean, it means the world for me, to, uh, the world to me to hear you say that. Yeah, man, uh, it is it is the thing that I love the most in in my life. It's like it's what drives me. So uh, yeah. I have a. Film. I'm a writer at heart. You yeah, know, you you're know, an actor, you know writer. I mean, it's like we do this. Drives you. We do this on the side. Yeah, it's just not a, not a big deal. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Bloody Eyes is a movie that I started a little while ago. It's been in nice. post-production. It's a sci-fi horror feature. It's action. Should I'm be coming listening. out hopefully at the end of this year or early next year. Right and on. then uh, I'm about to go to Ohio to shoot a, a dramedy that centers around loss. Uh, it's a coming-of-age story about loss. Fantastic, and then, dude. Oh, and my it, God. And in November, I'm going to go shoot a kind of an eat, pray, love style movie for a guy in Bogota. Uh, and I'm the lead in all of these movies. So I'm, oh my I'm God. very excited. Dude, that, that, that is, I had right? no idea. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. And you're traveling the world on top of it. This is what I like to I'm hear. Happy. We, we here at the Good People Association, we find the good and we want to bring in good people here that work hard, that are good people. I said that already. Yeah. That are just, you know, doing it and following their dream. And that, that makes me happy to hear that you're doing that, my Thank friend. Thank you, brother. Oh, I love that. Um, so please go follow Andrew Guy at Andrew Guy on Twitter. Uh, give him uh, some support. And uh, if you're, 
haven't already, hit that like button here do on it. this it helps episode. So much. I know you said it already, but since this isn't my channel, I yeah, can yeah. do it. It is the easiest thing in the world yeah. that you can do to actually help us as creators is just hit the, even if you don't like us. Just hit it. It takes a half a second, and it yeah. really helps us out. Yeah, it's a weird thing, this algorithm, you know? The YouTube, we're trying to stay around it. We're trying to stay abreast on the whole YouTube thing. Yeah. It's it, it does uh it does help. If you hit that like button, that will open up the algorithm. More people to find this channel, especially this channel, the Good People Association. We are trying to find the good in everything we do, whether it's talking about movies or talking about life. Today on the Positivity Report, if you haven't already seen, we had uh, Alex Trebek's wife, Jean Trebek, came in to live on studio, wow. talked about Alex Trebek, his favorite, uh, the food that he would make, so many different stories. She oh was on God. earlier today with Josh McCuga, so go check that out. It's on the channel right now, and again, tomorrow, on Good People Live, we are going to be watching Paranormal Activity 3 with Josh McCuga yes. and the crew. Very excited for that. So... Thank you, everybody. This has been Riley's Cantina. So excited to have you join us here next week. So excited. You know this person. Coming live in studio, Rachel Cushing will hey, be here. Hey, Rachel, Rachel, the Rachel Cushing will Cushing. be here. The Crusher Amazing. Cushing. Uh, Rachel and I going back and forth right now on our 4th of July plans right now. We're going to be hanging out, doing a little barbecue and a little oh, wine ooh. and a little that kind of stuff. Rachel loves a good wine. Yeah, oh, she does. Uh, Sam. Rachel, Sam, me, Julie. We are yeah. we are the wine connoisseurs. I've uh, seen the pictures. Yeah, we like the wine. <laughs> uh, so really appreciate it. So check out Riley's Cantina next week with special guest Rachel Cushing, and tomorrow, of course, the Good People Live goes live 3 p.m. So hit that like button, leave that comment if you will, and we got one more before we go. Christopher Engel jumping in here saying, "Hey, Riley." Who is this guy you have with you on set? I see what you did there. I see what you did I there. Like Chris it. Engel, my friend, thank you for that super chat. Thank and for everybody, any Schmodown fans, if you want to join me on the Riley Roundtable Patreon page, we'll be going live at 6 p.m. Pacific for a Schmodown hang. More on that later. Chris Engel made me think of it, so I'm going to mention it here. You can go to the patreon.com slash Riley Roundtable. If you want to check it out, every Tuesday we do a Patreon hang, Schmodown hang, where we all get to hang out, scrimmage, all that kind of good stuff. Oh, how's it, Before we go, how's the Schmodown treating you? I've never been happier in the showdown. You look good Honestly. out there, man. Yeah, you look real I, good. I appreciate on that. that. It's, yeah, I've, I've you're good. You found to, your calling. Yeah, I figured out how to not pull my hair out and watch the showdown at the same time. It's I'm, been really nice. Yeah, I might need to have to start commentating or, or manage or something because I'm pulling my hair out. Would I got a match coming you. up. Jesus Christ! Oh, Here really? We go. Maybe I'll call it. That would oh be awesome. yeah, dude. Yeah. I hope you do call it. Uh, all right, everybody. Thank you for joining us here at the Good People Association. This is Riley's Cantina. This is happening every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific. Hit that like button. Leave a comment. And we will see you next week in an all-new episode with Rachel Cushing. Goodbye, everybody. That Bye. wine was delicious.